Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. And Gibby, the Frangie Show starts now on Tintin XL 92.5 FM. Hey, welcome in. Glad you're along for the ride on a Tuesday installment of our program. Our Tuesdays are always brought to you by our friends at the Nimnick family of dealerships. That's Nimnick Chevrolet, located on Casted Avenue. Nimnick Buick GMC is located on Phillips Highway. You want a great car? You want to go to Nimnick? The Nimnick family of dealerships, uh, sponsors of our program for the longest time. We certainly do appreciate them. Frank Frangi, Hayes Carline, Lauren Brooks with you on a Tuesday. It's kind of getaway day for me, by the way. Sean. It is, yeah. Like so, so, You're but, leaving uh, us for the big apple. Oh, I'm looking forward to the apple. Weather's going to be crappy, but that's okay. Crappy weather. What What are we looking at? It's now, as of today. It keeps changing. It's as of today, it's, it's not going to be super cold at the game, but it could be wet. Wet and windy at the game. That's what it looks like now. So the cold. Wet and windy? Wet and windy. Wet, wet and windy is what we're concerned with. Okay. It hasn't been wet and windy since Philly. Philly okay, yeah. so the, it, it feels it feels like it's it's weird weather. It's like it's cold now. It'll be, when we get off the plane tomorrow, cause we're going early. It'll be in the 30s, and it, it's not it's not leaving the 30s tomorrow. But then a weird then on Thursday it's, it's warmer. It's like 50, like high 50, low 40 something, but rain all day. And then because the front's coming through, and then by Friday, of course, the team will be gone. But then by Friday, it's high high 50, low 15. Isn't that weird? So the front comes through. So the front, and then it gets cold as the day goes on. But as for the game, and you which, leave Saturday. We leave Saturday, yeah. So the high on Saturday is twenty-two. Yeah, but we'll be we're leaving. We'll be we'll be around in the morning. Then we're leaving in the afternoon. So, but the uh, but yes, because once the cold front comes through, then it's going to be cold mm-hmm. up there. But the but as far as for the game, how it affects the game, it's going to be it's going to be probably played in the forties, which isn't bad temperature wise. You you take that all day long, but probably kind of wet. Well, the nor'easter is coming through there, so probably so that will be a discussion point, whether we like it or not. The fact that the Jags had one game and that weather didn't play very well, you know, is an is an interesting point. So 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 we'll see. I wonder how much it helps that that was game four or three four. I wonder how much it helps that that was game four and this is game fifteen. I mean, that's a lot of football together since that's 11 weeks now you had a bye so bye week you probably didn't do a whole lot but you know that's 70 days of being together practicing together having a chance to if you want practice in those elements or try and simulate them as best right. you can I wonder if they'll be better you know you would they can't be worse but I uh, you wonder if it'll even be an issue at all it would show a ton of growth if it if it is played in a lot of wind and rain, and they're able to still move the football and and, and mainly protect the ball. Because if they protect the ball, they're going to win this game. I mean, I, I don't think there's any way they're going to lose the turnover battle with Zach Wilson at quarterback for the Jets unless the Jaguars turn it over three times. I mean, I, the Jaguars can turn it over once because I think the Jets are going to give you three, largely because of Zach Wilson, which would make you plus two. And in the odds when you're plus two that you're going to win the game 
in the NFL are like 78%. We'll talk about that. I want to talk about Zach Wilson a little bit today. Another topic today is James Robinson, who has pretty much been a healthy scratch for the Jets for what, three weeks in a yeah, row? Yeah, they must just despise him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, or, I mean think he's not yeah. very good. It, right. And he, he can't, just, he's too good a guy to despise him, but. Look, he had, and, and they knew that he had some knee stuff going on. He had some, he had some knees going on. He just, you know, I, I, again, the Jags got. He still got. He may not get to that. With He's six hundred. It'll be a six round pick. Yeah, so a six round pick. But the Jags were, if he was, if he played at all, he needed to get to six hundred yards, which meant an extra two sixty, than from what he had here. He had he had two hundred sixty yards for the Jets. And it does. He's he doesn't. He's not even active. Last time he played was December fourth. He had four carries for ten yards. Yeah, yeah. So his average for the Jets, I want to say, is somewhere around like two point nine. Yeah. Which for James kind of goes against everything that he's been, at least as a Jaguar. As a Jaguar, you could always count on getting four and a half. You know, from you know, it was even four point two here this year for James Robinson. But I want to say in. With the Jets, it's uh, it's a 2.9 yard average. Yeah, 2.9, 29 carries for 85 yards, uh, long of 16. So just uh, it just has not worked for James Robinson and the Jets. The quiet word always was that he's got some real significant knee stuff going on. That even when he got to the league, he and I even wonder. I don't know this. I'm this is a guess, but I really do wonder. Did he? Did did people spot something at the combine? Yeah. Which is why he went undrafted. It would got, make sense yeah, that he was medically flagged by yeah, a lot of teams. You wonder because he because certainly there are apart from the Achilles, there's some knee stuff that, that if it's chronic, I mean running backs it's hard to last long anyway. It's just a hard it's a hard it's one of the hardest positions in sports to stick around very long, and if you add to that knee knee stuff in both knees, then you know so so maybe. But still, it is hard to believe that he had 425 yards through the first few games with the Jaguars. Yeah. And he's had 17 – no, he's had under 100 yards. But since. not very many. Right. Yeah, not very many. So, so we'll get to that coming up later on in the post. So we're going to talk a lot of Jags today. I want to talk about Trevor and Zach Wilson. That's how we'll stop the program, start the program today. Any word on Trayvon? Any got on Trayvon? I mean, he's passing, which is a good sign. Um, <clears throat> I, I I would think it's probably going to be tough yeah. to have him active. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, you know, with it being a short turnaround, but, you know – Holding out hope, obviously, yeah. since he was able to do something today. All right, we have we have our picks coming up today. Um, we we do that. Uh, we'll do that now. I'm not prepared. You're not picks prepared. on a Tuesday. <laughs> well, it'd be hard for you to be prepared, being that I have no idea what the games are. <laughs> okay, so so uh, giving those, we're gonna send him send him. So we'll do our picks on a Tuesday. Yeah, but I think listen, I think all Gibby and I can really do now is kind of yell from the stands. I think we've been made. You guys have turned us into bystanders. So um so my thinking on this is. I don't know about you. I would definitely say that about Gibby. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, Gibby's out of it. I'm, I'm, I'm on the cusp of out of it. So I'm, I'm pretty. Well, there's only three weeks left. So I'm pretty convinced one of you guys are going to win. For people who don't know the total points right now, Hayes leads with 62 points. I have 61. Frank has 56. Gibby has 49. Yeah, I'm five back of the league, so I guess I'm kind of in You're it. Definitely in it. But it's three weeks now. So I mean, that's that's a lot of points in three to make up in three weeks. You know, you, you can only make like six. a game or two a yeah. week. I mean, so, it's not like it's. So Herculean task, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I, so I'm not going to trade positions. Yeah. So I mean, I, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to yeah. sell you something that it isn't. But I don't, I don't so, know that I would say you're out of yeah. it. So I've had to decide maybe give hands to who I'm rooting for. Yeah, Gibby can already start yeah. scouting Bryce Young because yeah, he's exactly got the first pick right. in the draft. Gibby's got the first pick. So I'm trying to decide who I'm rooting for. 
and I'm and I'm stuck with this dilemma. You have dilemmas in life um, sometimes. Yeah, this is a big one. Well, the dilemma is I don't particularly like either one of you. Okay, so I mean, and I can't root for Gibby because he's out of it. So that's where I'm stuck. You Normally, should root I, for Lauren. Yeah, but I, because then it takes some of the, you know. <laughs> It, it counterbalances I don't the know. other stuff yeah. that's happening. Yeah, I don't know that I want the counterbalancing though. <laughs> I don't. I don't know that I. I don't know that I like Spoken the counter. like a true jerk. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I'm rooting for the counterbalancing. You know, I'm not. I don't mind well, all. That's of the dilemma. Yeah, that, that by the way, and therein does yeah. lie the dilemma. Well said. So uh, anyway, Hayes and Lauren have Hayes and Lauren have kind of pulled away a little bit from uh, Gibby and me. So that uh, overtime so. pick or walk-off pick six helped me well, tremendously. And, and, I, and I've looked at the – I'll say this too. I've looked at the picks. Um, Hayes has been the best picker. That is correct. And Hayes I've been, been the luckiest. Yeah, No, 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 no. I've been lucky. It's not <laughs> lucky. Risk-taking. It, it, correct. It's not lucky. I mean, I, I've actually got more picks right than you by one. But game picker-uppers matter because, number one, you're, you're willing to take chances. And you have by far the best money ball, which means you picked the Jags and that one time the Gators better than we do. So, uh, so no, no, that's not luck. I, I, I won't say – I would say that's not luck. So, uh, so but anyway, so anyway, 62, 61, 56, 49. So, there you go. We'll do our picks a little bit later on. I do want to get into Zach Wilson and uh, and Trevor Lawrence. I got, I got some thoughts on that, that that may disagree with some of y'all. I, I think we all agree on the is Trevor – one is good and one is bad? <laughs> <laughs> well, mine is one is good. One is obviously good, maybe historically good, which is what I think we probably all agree on that. I'm not ready to bury Zach Wilson as terrible yet. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's awfully still early. early. Awfully he's early. He's probably going to be terrible. Yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> but yeah. I, I think this way, he's probably going to be. He he's certainly headed toward not great quicker than he's headed to great. If if great if great and not greater if great and not greater on the table, I think Trevor Lawrence is headed to great. I think Zach's headed to not great. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of room in between. Great and not great. The way I would put it is if Trevor Lawrence had six touchdowns and six picks right now, we would be having a tough discussion. As they are. By the way, even more prominent than that, he got beat out. Right. It's it's not just that. He's starting because the other guy's hurt. And there's no gray area there. He's starting because the guy, he's not as good as the other guy. But the other guys hurt. That's why he's starting in the game. They, they've made no bones about that, but they have ruled Mike White out, so he's going to. By the way, I give Mike White a lot of credit that he can quarterback the Jets and coach the Georgia, Georgia basketball, basketball team. <laughs> Ran through my mind, too. Ran through my mind, too. You know, he's, he's the, I mean, uh, the Gator, I was going to say, do Gator fans hate that Mike White, too? That, that I was just wondering if, if that's true. Um, so I will talk about that. I'm, I, by the way, I know you're excited because I know you're, you're excited about where the Gator recruiting is going. I know you had to be excited to see Devin Leary headed to Kentucky. He committed today. You had I you, didn't see that. Yeah, he committed to. Do you have any That's thoughts? A great, it's do you have a, any thoughts on that on a Tuesday? Well, I think it shows that you know Stoops knows how to run a program, and you know he he's now brought in Will Levis, who might have underachieved at Kentucky, but for but Kentucky, it was a great get. They still had some pretty good times for Kentucky yeah. with Will Levis, and he was a good get, and he was a good get. Yeah, and so you move right from Will Levis to Devin Leary, who I think is a star at the collegiate yeah, did level. not have a great year this year was better well, two years ago hurt but he was hurt right yeah and so i uh, i know i think i think devin leary going to kentucky huge get for the yeah, wildcats yeah, yeah. So we're gonna, i want to talk a little bit about the portal in the nil i got some thoughts about that so it's kind of uh, the big picture stuff we'll play some christmas music i'm gonna dial up some christmas songs since it's kind of my last uh Christmas Day, you guys will probably dial up plenty when I'm gone, but I'm going to dial up uh, some of my uh, favorites, so that comes up today on the program as well. Glad you're with us on a Tuesday. A lot of fun stuff to get to today on the show. Very excited about Jags and Jets. I mean, over the moon excited about Jags and Jets. So uh, that and a whole lot more. Glad you're with us on a Tuesday. It's 1010XL and 92.5 FM.
It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. It's all cold down along the beach. Mm. The wind's whipping down the boardwalk. <laughs> and man, you guys know what time it is? all been good and practicing real hard yeah clients you've been you've been rehearsing real hard now so santa bring you a new saxophone right everybody out there been good or what oh that's not many not many you guys in trouble out here (laughs) and you better watch out you better not cry you better not bow i'm telling you i'm gonna guess that uh you might could have figured what was coming first. Is that a good guess? Is that safe to assume? Safe to assume. Yeah. I'm not sure I can predict all of them. How many? Uh, I've done this before. Does he have like a whole album? No, he's got two or three songs he's done. Okay. But uh, but uh, but I, I do. I, I put I give, gave Dylan my list of uh, my favorite seven or eight. But there's no bad ones in this one. There, there's there's a thousand that we won't get to, but these are these are my favorites. This is my last day before Christmas. Good, good start. It got here fast, by the way. Christmas got here fast. It did. Did y'all feel that way? I mean, I feel like 2022. Yeah, yeah. Like, me, I blinked you, and it was over. Yeah, I agreed. Agreed. I think the same thing. I think because of what we do as far as working in football season, it kind of always comes fast yeah. because we've got busier stuff. But this year, yeah, especially. I think with the Jags uptick, we kind of have been focusing more on football and, and less on life in general. Yeah, yeah. I, I or at least maybe I have. Fun. I don't ever focus on life. <laughs> yes, right, yes. But I get your point. I get your point. We get locked in and, and, and because there's there's so much enjoyment in what we do. I mean we, we look look, we have we have the greatest jobs. Man, we get to talk about sports and go home. You know, so I mean so we have we really we're blessed to have these great, great jobs. I mean that sincerely. And so the time flies when you're having fun, that's and that's right. kind of kind of what we what what's going on with us. But boy, it seems like it got here fast. Um, how important is Trevor Lawrence? Is all the rage? He's ascending. I mean, ascending, ascending, ascending. Zach Wilson, at least now, looks like a failed pick. Now it's way too early for it to be a failed pick, but certainly he got beat out. He got beat out again. The only reason he's playing now, and he said some things that, that he didn't he didn't answer questions right. His, his, I think he's completing 53% of his passes, which in today's NFL is equivalent to c- completing 38 30 years ago. You know, so he's, 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 he's had some struggles with, with that. But they are going ahead. They are playing. He is going to play in this game. If he outplays Trevor, does that matter? To me, it's a one-off. Who cares? I know where Trevor's headed. But I'm not talking about how we feel. I'm talking about the national media when they watch that. Does it, does it add up to anything in their minds? I, I think it would I, it would be greatly disappointing. I, I think with the way Trevor Lawrence is playing now, if he's no touchdowns, three picks, and Zach Wilson throws a couple touchdowns and protects the ball, and the Jets win, I I think that would be very disappointing. I don't think it would greatly change how people view either player. It would probably it, it would certainly take some of the steam off of the Trevor Lawrence Express. I don't think it makes anybody rethink. Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson's got a lot of bad football he's going to have to overcome, I think, before. And it's not just the bad football. It's that he does come across as a punk. 
you know, which in a bad teammate, which is really hard to overcome. You have was to be, it just a one comment, or has that been a but theme? they that's what I'm the wondering. Rest and I don't, of the and I don't know. Room by the way, was so ready to bury him after the comment that it just stands to reason. Yeah, the que- that he has not been a good yeah. teammate since he arrived. The question there was a couple games ago, Lauren, and it and it was, I think he was asked, "Do you feel like you let your defense down?" And he said no, and walked out of the press conference. Now, he, he walked it back later, probably took a beating in his locker room. He said, listen, I handled it wrong. I shouldn't have answered it that way. Uh, I regret that, and, and, I've, and, and, and I've made up with my teammates, blah, blah, blah. Was there? And I don't know this answer, by the way. Were there other instances of him being a prima donna? Well, because I, I don't Carson think- Wentz, by the way, that was, when he was in Philadelphia, that was a big deal right. about him being a prima donna. He, uh, he actually had to come back and say, listen, I've handled a lot of things wrong here. After the fact. And it took a while for the Carson Wentz uh, information to come to light. That's correct. And and I think, why? Because he was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, he almost won the MVP his second year before he got hurt. So, I think if you're really good, you know, some of that can be tolerated. That's true. But if you're going to be lousy and, uh, and, and not a good guy, then – it's it's impossible to overcome, and and that's where it just it feels like it is. It feels like the Jets don't have a, any belief in him. Um, he's still a dangerous player in the sense that he's capable of doing things that only a few guys can. That's why he was drafted second overall. He's got great escapability. Uh, he's pretty fast. I mean, when he gets going, he's pretty fast. He had the long run last year because Chase on quit on the play, the long touchdown run against the Jaguars. So he's got some pretty good mobility. Obviously, his arm talent is incredible, but he just doesn't have it uh, between the ears at all. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like uh, he he can diagnose what the defense is doing. Uh, it seems like even when the the play is there, he's now at a point where he has this mental block where he just doesn't make a good throw. Uh, he's inaccurate um, on easy plays. He just doesn't seem to be a player that right now you can win with, and it does make you wonder, does he need to be moved this offseason somewhere where he's behind a veteran, like maybe the Vikings, where you play a year behind Kirk Cousins, uh, and then maybe you, you sort of rehabilitate yourself, you learn how to be a pro, and then maybe that catches up with your skill set, but he just seems lost. He's only thrown multiple touchdowns in a game a few times this season. Uh, two to be exact, and then three or four times last season. That does not speak to me that he's a dangerous player. I have no fear whatsoever that he, Zach Wilson, is going to outplay Trevor Lawrence. The only thing I worry about is the weather and how that affects Trevor with ball security. But I, I just don't see Zach Wilson developing into the quarterback that he was picked at it and as far as second overall. I mean, he – he was beat out not by a Jimmy Garoppolo type. He was beat out by a guy who was drafted in the fifth round in 2018 who played at South Florida and Western Kentucky. If you're wondering how the game went last year, Trevor really had way better numbers. He was 26 of 39 for 280 yards in the game. Uh, no touchdowns, no picks. Zach Wilson was only 14 of 22. He only threw for 102 yards in the game. So Trevor threw for far more yards. Zach did have the 52-yard run. He also ran for 91 yards in the game. So that wasn't the only run he had. He had four carries for 91 yards, so he ran against – but against a very dysfunctional, messed-up Jaguar thing, too. Let's be honest. That thing that, that thing was pretty broken uh, last year. But when they, they have played against each other, and when they played against each other, Zach is 1-0 and against Trevor. That That's a reality. that They that, that can't be 
uh, really dismissed. So certainly, certainly that part did happen uh, last year. I am. Um, I don't, in my mind, even if Trevor plays badly in this game, you're entitled to play badly every now and then. Great quarterbacks play badly. But I don't, it just seems like the national media more than ever is looking for stuff, you know, just stuff. And so, uh, so yeah, I think the fact that it's Trevor versus Zach Wilson, there is something to that. I, I think somehow, some way, there, there, there's something in there, at least for me. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, here's the other thing. The Jets are also trying to get to the playoffs. You know, for, for all the things they haven't done, they're pretty good defensively. And they have a pretty good team. And so I think the Jets are also – so I think there's more significance to this game than just these two. The Jets now are talking about playoffs. It's been a while since they've done it too. It has been, and, and for the Jets, it's, it's going to be a, a tough road. I mean, they're tied with New England for last in the AFC East. So, you know, you're looking at a situation if you're the Jets where uh, – you know, you're trying to stay in the wild card hunt. There's a bunch of teams at six and eight. And I just think for the Jets right now, it's how do you have a lot of confidence? You've lost three in a row. You've lost five of seven. You really haven't recovered from losing rookie running back uh, Brees Hall, uh, who had 463 yards before he got injured. He's on IR. He's not coming back. They, they really have struggled to find anything to replace him. They trade for James Robinson. That doesn't work. Uh, Michael Carter is averaging 3.6 yards a carry. I mean, and he's their leading rusher. I like him when he was at North Carolina. Yeah, and he's a good receiver as well, mm -hmm. but it just he, – he's a complimentary piece. You know, he's, he's really good if he is spelling Hall, working in conjunction with Hall. Without Hall, he can't carry the whole load – and, and it's reflective in, in how the Jets are playing offensively. It's also a tough path for the Jets. It is. I mean, they, they host the Jaguars Thursday night. Then they get a little bit of extra rest. But then you go to Seattle uh, January 1st, which is one of the most difficult places to play. That is a really tough road trip this late in the season. And then you go to Miami. Uh, so, I mean. And that game's probably going to matter for Miami. Absolutely. So, uh I, it, I mean, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. The Jets could finish this season with six straight losses uh, to end it, which would be incredibly disappointing. But I, I just don't think since Hall got injured, they just haven't been the same team. And maybe Mike White, through an efficient game-managing kind of role, could have parlayed a strong defense into getting into the tournament. But with him being now out, I just don't think Zach Wilson's ready to do it. I think Zach Wilson is a turnover machine. I think he's uh, he's a morale killer, um, and and he's he's in game. He's a very deflating player because he's also missing things you just can't miss, and and that's the thing that I think is really going to hold the Jets back. So they are in it. They're going to play hard. Sal is a good coach. But I think when you look at Jaguar, Seahawks, Dolphins, I think they're in a ton of trouble. I agree with you. The thing that concerns me the most about this game is do the Jets defensively present something that Trevor either hasn't seen or confuses him, even though he seems to be seeing everything much faster than he was at the beginning of the season. But because they're so good defensively, are they able to confuse him enough to where he gets off balance and, and throws a couple picks? I worry about the matchup with the Jets defense, too. I think that's that's legit. and. And I do, and no one wants to talk about it, but I worry about the weather. I mean, I think the Jags, have, they've not been a physical running team. They've run some, and Travis Etienne went over 100 last week, but that's not why they won the game. They, 
They, they've not been physical, hit-you-in-the-mouth running team. They've been a team that needs a little bit of a dry – they're better on a dry track. They, 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 they're clearly better with good weather to pitch it and catch it with those three receivers who, who, are, who are playing well. So we'll see what happens. But, but it is for the second time, Trevor Lawrence versus Zach Wilson. Uh, Trevor's way ahead, but, but Zach's 1-0 against him. And that much we do know as we get into this game. So we'll see what winds up happening. A very interesting game between the Jets and the Jags. I'm very excited about it. Very excited about the matchup. Very excited that they're on they're on prime time. The whole nation gets to see Trevor. And that's the other thing, Hayes. Since he's started to ascend, we haven't had a game where everybody watches him. Now, last week, a lot of people watched it. That was the Fox number one crew, and it was Fox's top game in that 1 o'clock window. But it's not like this, where this is the game everybody's watching. This is the game that's going to lead SportsCenter beforehand. This is the game that's going to lead SportsCenter after the game. There's not a lot else going on. There's no World Series going on here. Okay? There's no... NBA, the NBA Finals going on. This is there's no college games. I don't think if there's a college game of note, there's it, not any yeah. of consequence. Yeah. So there, so this is this is the game. This sports fans are all locked in. They've heard about the 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 emergence of Trevor Lawrence, the, the coming of age. They've heard about the fact that it's starting to happen now for Trevor Lawrence. They've all heard about it. Well, now they all watch it. That that that's the significance of this game. Absolutely, because most people are going to be where they're going to spend Christmas, and so you know, for the most part, there may be a little bit of travel here and there. But Thursday night, most people are done with work. Uh, they're you know they've gotten to where they're going to be, and they want to watch a football game. And so, uh, and again, this is a, a, a game with two teams that are absolutely still very viable when it comes to the playoffs. So. Uh, it it should it should do pretty well. It's not going to shatter any records, but it should do pretty well. Um, you know, I hope Amazon Prime can fix their litany of problems right. because it's become. I can't pause the game. I can't go back. If I try and 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 rever- and go fifteen seconds back, I get like pushed out of the broadcast. It has been a debacle, an absolute. The the best game they had, I thought, was the first one. And I know that people had problems with the first one. I had nothing wrong with the first one. But consistently, week after week after week, I can't pause the game and I can't go back 15 seconds to see what just happened. And, and that has been a massive disappointment. So if you haven't locked in on these Thursday night games and you're watching it on Prime at your house, be prepared for not the best viewing experience. I also would say the Jaguars last week obviously played a team in the Cowboys that if you're not a Cowboys fan, you, you probably don't like the Cowboys and how much they're shoved in your face. I would also say people don't love the Jets. Unless you're a Jets fan, people dislike the Jets, don't they? Yeah, yeah well, they sort of don't factor. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, think, I don't think they've been enough of a factor for people to care about them. I, I, it's not like the Patriots who have been so good you want to hate them because they've been so good. Uh, the Cowboys, Steelers, I, I don't think they've been – for my mind, they haven't been enough of a factor. Back to the watching the game. Is it on Channel 4 too? Why don't I think? Well, that? if it is, then that's fantastic. I might be wrong about that. I don't want to talk out of turn. It might be. I think it's. I'm on, glad I, you said that because yeah, I think I, I, it I think, probably is. And, and if I'm wrong, by the way, I don't want that I'm a dummy. I, because I, why did I think it's on Channel? Because that was that's how the the London game was. Yeah, yeah, the London game. The London game definitely was. So, um, but I'm, I was thinking. I was thinking it's on Channel Four. I, let me let me let me let me, very let me, well let me find out. I'm, ta- I'm ter- talking terribly out of turn. But here. anyway, I mean the the picture on the Amazon Prime is great. There's nothing wrong. the The picture looks great, all of that. But you should be able to pause in this day and age. You should be able to pause the game, or back the game up a couple minutes, yeah. and and have it respond to that, and not freak out and take you in and, and glitch and. 
I, I've been st- stunned at how bad it's been. And I'm not talking one. I'm talking every single game. Right. Right. It's gotten to the point that I don't even try. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens. I'll find out if I'm right. I think about it's this. just on Prime. It is because okay, I'm looking at the Jaguars game release and it just well, that, says well, then Prime I'm, Video. Then, I'm wrong. then I don't know what made me think it was on Channel Four too. Maybe that. Maybe I was thinking the London game too. So, so I'm wrong about that. So there you go. We'll take a break. Uh, when we come back, let's get to, to some portal talk. I got a thought or two about the portal, about NIL, the whole bit. Um, a lot of thoughts on it. That's next day with us. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik. Your friends in the car business since 1941. The late Bing Crosby, the late David Bowie. One of the best Christmas songs ever. My favorite one. Appreciate you playing. Great Christmas song. Christmas right around the corner. We'll hear Christmas songs uh, throughout the course of the day today. As we get you ready also for Jags and Jets. By the way, thank you for to the 11,468 people that have called and told us it is on local TV, but it's on Fox 30, not on Channel 4. So Say that again. <laughs> and county. And in county, yeah. So thank you very much for your, kindly, for your kindness to let us know. So it is – so I had the station wrong. It's Fox 30, not Channel 4. I want to make sure we give the correct information. Having said that – to your point, it'll be local people can watch the game locally. Yes. They won't have to watch it on Prime, it doesn't seem like if they choose not to, if they don't want to watch if they and, don't want to stream it. Yeah, and I like I yeah. said, I I'm I will be watching it on Fox because I will be able to pause the T V yeah. and back the T V up yeah, and so. watch something again if I want to. So it is. It is on Fox thirty, and thank you very much for, for clearing that up for us. Um and we'll talk more about the Jags just throughout the course of the day today. It'll be in our picks and a whole lot more. Okay, so so we're watching this whole NIL portal thing. And they're two different things, but they've totally changed. They've turned college football into free agency. Clearly, a you can go from one team to another, so you're a free agent immediately. B you can now get paid. What? So the two elements of free agency are this: a in, in professional sports, a you're not under contract. B you can go to the highest bidder. So. I don't think it was ever the plan for the portal and NIL to collide like they have collided. The portal was put in place because it didn't seem fair to keep a player if he made the wrong choice to have to stay or have to sit out a year. So the NCAA allowed one-time transfers to play immediately, and then they created this portal so there'd be a system in which the player could do that. At no point was that supposed to be connected to name, image, and likeness. But they just sort of happened to happen at the same time. They weren't planned together. But name, image, and likeness really started in various state legislatures that, that, that forced college football or college sports to have no choice but to go along because that's the law. They make the law. But the collision course that they were on has turned college football into, free, into professional sports free agency. And add in the extra year from COVID eligibility. So Correct. you don't even need the transfer portal there. You just have another year. That's exactly right. So not only you're a free agent that has another year in your new contract. And, oh, by the way, everybody, unlike pro sports, there's no 
Every contract's one year, so everybody's immediately a free agent. Now, there is supposed to be a rule that you that once you've transferred once, you can't immediately transfer again. I wonder if anybody sticks to it. Doesn't seem like it, does it? I mean, I mean, you don't get the impression. You don't get J- well, JT it, Daniels doesn't seem to have to worry about that, right? And and if you graduate, you get another free one. Right. So I mean, you get and that, and that is the loophole, by the way, in the rule. So anyway, so nonetheless, what we have now, and it's worse than professional sports free agency because in professional sports, at least you have to play out your contract, and there's not a there's not a lot of one year contracts unless you're later. The only the only one year contracts in professional sports are for older guys who have to prove themselves. No matter what sport it is, there's prove-it contracts. But in college football, so everyone's a free agent. So, so how do you fix it? I got some ideas, but I want to go around the table a little bit. Lauren, what would you, what would, is there, what would you do to correct this if you were the czar of college football, college sports? Because everybody agrees players should get paid. They've earned that. Everybody agrees players should not be locked into one place. We all kind of agreed once upon a time the one-year transfer is what we all kind of wanted to see, which we have seen. How do you fix this? I would take name, image, and likeness away from schools entirely. Okay. So at no point in time can anyone from a school call up someone, text them, and say, you can make X amount of money by coming here through other channels. Right. But to come to this school, you can make that amount of money. Okay. So, so, so you, wouldn't, you wouldn't pay players? Correct. You just go back to not if the them. if the players can make money on their own, that's fine. But I don't think there should be collectives through the university's channels so that the, can then pay if a player. The player can find and especially a way not to, high school players. If a player can find a way to get his own money, right? You can go to the car dealership down the street, gotcha. get your own money with but your the own. The college agent. should not be able to facilitate. Correct. It. Okay, fair enough. What about you? I wouldn't fix anything. I don't particularly like it, yeah. but it's capitalism. You, you'd let it go like it is. And you'd probably have to let it go like it is. And the teams that are willing, the programs and the booster collectives that are willing to pay the most are going to have the best teams. Okay. It's going to be Major League Baseball at the college football level. Okay. But but the NFL's got rules. You can't come out of high school and go play in their league. Right? I mean, you, you cannot do it. You cannot come out of high school and go play in the, They put a rule in place that said, you graduate from high school tomorrow – it's three years before you can play in our league. Right? That, that, that's a rule. Mm-hmm. So I would, I would base it on that rule. If it was me, the rule because I've thought about this a lot, the rule I would put in place is a little hybrid of where you are, Lauren. I would, if, if the NFL can say you can't make money from us until you've been out of high school for three years, you can't make money from us until you've been out of high school for three years, why can't college football say – you can't make money from us until you've been out of high school a year. Same thing, right? It's, it? it's the same thing, but there's a players' union that has agreed to the three years yeah. out of high school. And right. so you probably would need – Someone would fight it legally. college football players to yeah. unionize like they tried to do five years ago yeah. with the Northwestern, the Northwestern quarterback guy, right, that didn't right. really go anywhere. Yeah. But that's what would make the most sense is for college football players yeah. to unionize and then for everything to be collectively bargained, and then all of it could be worked out. And there's some truth that I hear you. That, 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 there's some merit to that because the more rules you put in place, if labor feels like it's getting the short end of the stick, the best way to fight that is to organize and have solidarity and fight it together. That's your point, and that's what pro sports and that's what the workplace has found out, not just not just sports. Yeah, but I don't think college football players will ever successfully unionize. I don't either. So I don't think anything is really going to change. I think – 
the players are still going to get a far it, – it's still going to be a small, smaller section of the overall pie right. than it really should be because right. in I professional sports, it's basically a 50-50 split. Yeah, yeah I don't disagree. They're never going to get that. But we, we, we know more than ever we need the CFL, the College Football League, with the commissioner because we, we, we can put rules in place once we have the CFL or whatever we want to call it, right? The, so so I th- we need the CFL with the commissioner. And by the way, I'm, I'm willing to take the job. The, uh, but, Sounds good. <laughs> but, Sounds like you're going to be busy. <laughs> I'll be very busy. But I do think this. College football should say, the NFL says, you can't make money from us until you're out of high school for three years. We've got the rule. And to Hayes' point, the, the players, the representation of the players has agreed to that. Because they should agree to it because you're not ready before that. But, but anyway, I think college football should say, you can't make money from us until you've been out of school for a year. You cannot make money from us until you've been out of school for a year. But the transfer yeah. portal part still at well, that point would yeah. be chaos. Yeah, yeah, but it would be different. It, w- it would certainly be chaotic. I don't mind the portal. What I mind is, and maybe it's because Miami's doing it and my team recruits against them. <laughs> and maybe I'm being, I'm not trying to be biased here. I'm trying to be honest here. I don't like that you can buy recruits. I know, hey, Frank, you've been buying them forever. It's just been under the table. I get it. I understand that. But I would rather – I like the NIL. I like what NIL was intended to do, and that is reward players at a school already who have, who, who have earned their stripes as a collegian. I like the fact that, it, that if you go to school, the fact that Chris Weber couldn't get paid while his jersey was selling like crazy – after he had proven the merit of that jersey, was a shame. And that's why NIL came along. So if Danny Werfel proves how important that number seven is for three years, by fourth year, it shouldn't be just the university making the money. Danny should make some of that money. And I agree with that, but it should not be a recruiting enticement. And nobody wants it to be, and they say it can't be, but again, there's no speed limit signs, so no one's stopping John Ruiz or Hugh Hathcock or anybody else from using it as as a – and, and they're not even faking it. John Ruiz goes on social, or Hathcock goes on social. I'm not, it's not just one school. Hey, you're going to be happy tomorrow. Hey, 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 my school fan. Hey, state fan. Hey, university fan, you're going to be happy. And sure enough, tomorrow the five-star commits. So it's clear what no one's trying to hide it. They're not even faking it. And so I would like to see a rule in place where you can't make money from college football for a year, period, and, and enforce the hell out of it. But see, it also bothers me that Drake May, who was not in the transfer portal, is getting calls with a lot of money to leave, and that's tampering. And yet, there's it doesn't seem to be that rule doesn't seem to be enforced right now because nobody really knows how to enforce that. And they, because because pro sports have so far fewer teams in college football, they can enforce rules like tampering, right? You know, and the rules are significant. You know, so but and you and there's a lot of other things that my recommendation won't solve. To your point. It won't solve that. It won't solve players jumping all over the place. But it would solve high school guy pick school X because it's paying me more than school Y. That I think's the greatest evil. And I would and, and I would I would really push for college football to put in a rule. College the NBA's got it too. You cannot make money from my league one year out of high school. You have to you have, it has to be two years. I don't even know if I think that's a great idea, but as we sit here today. The NBA said you cannot make money for our league. At least you've been out of high school two years. The NFL said you cannot make money from my league until you've been out of high school for three years. Why can't college football put in the same rule? The same rule. The same rule the pro sports have. 
and and this would be my counter. I I don't like as a fan of college football. I don't particularly like the landscape of this. But when you take our fandom out of it, who is any of this hurting? Right, right. I agree. I, I well, I hear you. Um, to a point. No, you're right. Why shouldn't the Why shouldn't the better players get a lot of money? Yeah, it, it, I I don't disagree with that. I do think it it. Your point's a fair one. I'm trying to counter it. I think more than anything else, it unbalances an already unlevel playing field to where the best schools will have the richest boosters. Now, does it hurt the, their opponents? Maybe. And you could and I get it. You could argue that's always been the case. It's just more it's just more transparent now. I, I get that. So and maybe I'm just being fan guy, but I still don't like the fact that expensive, that a rich booster can over the table pay player to come to my school. Your point's a good one. Your point's a good one. If it helps the kid and helps the school, why why is it wrong? That's what you're saying. I hear you. Fair point. Fair 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 argument. Well, I think it, it makes an unbalanced playing we, field even more unbalanced. We scream that we want parity in college football, but this is obviously going to take parity away. It's going to the the top richest programs and yeah. richest boosters are going to be the ones yeah. that win. And there there will be some schools. Like Miami is a very good example of a school that was not going to get the four, the five stars anymore. They were done. They were done getting the five stars until the NIL came along. But they've got a booster that a rich booster that seems to be more in tune with this than Alabama's rich boosters or Texas. So that so maybe so maybe it adds to the parity. Again, I'm contradicting myself, I suppose. Miami was done. Miami's had one 10 win season in 20 years. They were no longer going to be able to compete with Alabama and LSU and Ohio State. They weren't. It's proven they weren't going to be able to compete with them anymore. Now they are. Now it looks like they are competing with them. So, so maybe if uh, if all of a sudden NC State comes up with a John Ruiz, maybe they suddenly can compete with Clemson, which they haven't been able to do in 30 years. So maybe in that regard, it, it adds to parity. Again, I don't like. I still don't like being able to pay the recruit to come to your school. I think you should have to sit out. You should have to earn at least in the in the NFL. You got to prove it. The NBA got to prove it. I think college players should have to prove it too. Just because you are able to get them to commit to you doesn't mean that you're going to turn that into a winning football program. No, I agree with you. But we have seen this in the last 10, 15, 20, 30, forever years. The team that gets the most of those guys suddenly becomes a winning program. I mean, I can I can think of very few schools that dominated the five-star world. Obviously, A&M wasn't very good this year, but I can think of very few schools. There may be some outliers. There may be some exceptions, but I can think of very few schools that started dominating that four- and five-star world that didn't become really good. Can you? No, but to Lauren's point, I would say that the NIL so far is 0-1. Yeah. Because but, it really – and again – It just started. Not that you – it is, but and not this – I also say this. Just because you signed the number one class does not mean you should go win the national championship. That is one class. Right. But it is stunning that Texas A&M signs the best class the world has ever seen and can't get to a bowl game. Like So that does suggest that perhaps the dynamic will change a little bit, that if you're going to use NIL money to get players to sign with you, is there some hollowness in that? To where there's resentment when they arrive, there is a lack of hunger in that player because they've already made there's entitlement really good money, probably life changing yeah. money for their family. Um, I, I think 
I think it's too uh, – yes, if you get the number one – if you get a top five class for four straight years, you're going to win big. Yeah. Big. Um, but that's what we haven't seen yet because Texas A&M isn't following up their number one year with another big year. In fact, they're having a really disappointing year. Because they're bad on the field. I, 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 I think. That's what I would think. Yeah, yeah. And, and with Jimbo, you just never know how yeah. locked in is he. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. he may already be looking at his next job. Um, <laughs> Miami will be a good litmus test if this – you know, they're going to finish with a great class this year. Um, are they able to do it again next year? I agree. And, and maybe if they're not, then my argument's a moot point because it is new. We're in our, our infancy of this. I, I just I'll, – I'll, so I'll stand by this. I don't like being able to pay a guy millions of dollars to come to your school when he hasn't proven it yet, when he hasn't at least proven even at the college level. Right. The jersey sale was, to me, always the indicator. Yeah. You're going to make a lot of money from your jersey sales if you're a really talented player. That's my point. Yeah. That, that, that's been my— Not and, drive and, the Lexus and, and to that, get you on and, campus. And that's why NAL came around. Right. Is because— Because Tebow— you, and... you, you, Tebow proves it, but he doesn't get any of the money. Right. That that's why it came around. It's it's it was trying to reward guys that proved it at the college level, and weren't getting paid. Uh, technically, officially weren't getting paid. So, so we'll <laughs> but it's see. like it's like even with Florida, who doesn't seem like they're a uh, real heavyweight in the NIL yeah. world. I mean, they they have these prospects come on official visits to Gainesville. They're having them pose in Lamborghinis oh, and things like that. I mean. It's it's obvious that this isn't just a, a Miami thing or a Texas A&M thing. I mean, I, I think every school is trying to push, if you come here, you will become a multimillionaire. Right. Yeah, that's, no question about it. Take a break. More in a moment. 10 10 on 92.5 FM. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. This is the next song on Frank Frangie's Christmas song list. Of course it is. The Beach Boys, Frank Frangie, Hayes, Carline, Dylan, Denmark, filling in for Andrew Gibson, and I'm Lauren Brooks. Gentlemen, I, I want to continue one thought from the conversation we were just having about college football and NIL, not so much the transfer portal. I know a lot of people that complain about their team not having enough money with the collective and NIL. But I don't know very many people that are giving specific money to collectives for their schools. So are you allowed to complain that your school isn't spending enough if you yourself are not contributing to said NIL or the collective? Uh, um, yes. Because <laughs> you can complain about anything as a college football fan, right? Yeah, I mean, again, it's it's hard to put it all on – the, well, you can't really put any of it on the school. They're not allowed to right. be the ringleader of it. I Here's where I am with collectives. I want Florida to do well. Uh, I pull for the Gators. In a million years, I would never give money to a collective. That's just not how I'm wired. It's I don't feel like it's my responsibility. If I have money that I am going to give, it's going to be to a charitable cause. It's going to be to the J Fund walk-off charities, something that's important to me that's going to make an impact. So, so for me to give money, and, and I don't think I would feel differently if I was fortunate enough to have $20 million in my bank account. I, I just, to me, 
I think it's silly, you know, but I understand that people, this is what they love and they're fanatical about their college teams and, you know, they want to support these athletes. That's, that's great. I think these athletes have pretty good lives, so I'm not going to pay to make, you know, their lives better. I think the life of a alpha college athlete is pretty sweet. Um, so if, for me personally, if I've got extra money that I can give, I'm going to give to a worthwhile charity that's going to help families dealing with childhood cancer or help, you know, help children in some form or fashion. And back to your question is should we're annoyed when our college team doesn't before NIL. Right. We're annoyed when our college team doesn't recruit as many good players as the other college team. Even though we know that booster dollars affect that in some capacity, legally or illegally. So should we be annoyed? I think what you're asking is, should we be just as annoyed when we're not getting the same players in the NIL era because our collectives aren't as good? Yeah, I think fan I think I think I think the college football fan is mad when their team doesn't win or isn't good. I don't think they break it down. You know what I mean? I don't think they break it down into whether or not I've got to contribute to them being good. But I hear your question because now that there's collectives, it's more clear how you can. That's of what course. that's what you're saying. You've all you've always been able to slip money, but now you can legally pay your money to help your play your school get players. I'm like, hey, I'm not gonna do that either. You know, I'm not gonna I'm I'm probably not gonna, you know, I'm probably if it was a small operation and I thought I could really help help a cause, yeah, I'll help a cause. But in terms of building this gigantic millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars to help my school get Jaden Rashada, I'm not gonna do it either. That, that I'm not criticizing anybody that does, but I'm also not the guy that was gonna do it under the table, which was happening as long as we've been alive, you know. So so I wouldn't do either way. I um I think this. I still think the best program with the best resources and the best coaching and the best facilities are still going to get the good players. That has not changed. What happens with the, and Miami's a case of this. What happens within the NIL era is there'll be a few more teams at the party. There'll be a few more people at the party. That's what I think. I still think Alabama and Georgia and Ohio State and LSU and Penn State and Ohio State and Texas and whoever and Florida hope one day and, and, and FSU, if they come back, they're still going to get the best players. USC is still going to get the best players. I don't, think that, I don't think that's changing. I think there will be a few more people at the party. you agree with that or no? Do, I, do you think Alabama is going to fall off because of this? No, I don't. I Georgia? Mean, it, again, because money has always been an element of college football anyway. Right. It's always been a, a fairly big element. What, what boosters are willing to drop you know, money bags off to, to prospects? What schools are willing to? have the best facilities and the biggest recruiting budgets money has always been a, a large part in college football it's just never been this open and 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 such a uh you know and to your point uh in, in a way in which you don't have to have uh you don't have to be the uncle of a five-star running back to to get involved in this you literally you know like would you ever give to a collective me absolutely not, but yeah, I'm. But, but I also could. I could. You could give ten dollars a sure. month to the Gator Collective, sure. but and I also so have you not... have more of a hand in it. But right. to me, I just I, that's that's the thing I think from a fan standpoint is we're not used to it being this open in in public. But I don't think the landscape has really changed. College football and the success in college football has always been driven by 
the schools that are willing to spend the most on it. I also, as a fan, though, I have not complained that Florida is not getting players because their NIL is not good enough. So that's where I just wondered, are there fans that are saying, well, our NIL is not good enough, but right. yet that I'm not going to necessarily help with that. I, I understand recruiting as a whole that a fan can certainly be upset about. By the way, to me, the, the best NIL money is still the NFL. That's why the teams you're talking about, Frank, are going to still get the five stars because the smartest players look up and say Alabama's players have now been paid over a billion dollars in the right. NFL. That's the life-changing money that I want to pursue is that type of career with a coach that's going to get me there, not the 50000 that I'm going to get my freshman year to go to that school. I agree with you in that group of eight schools or whatever the number is. I agree with you. Uh, Miami or someone coming along with big money is rarely going to beat out Alabama or Ohio State for the guy. If they do, they recruited well and did a good job getting them, I'm, but not because of, not because of the dollars, to your point. But I wonder beyond those schools, if it comes down to Florida versus Miami, who neither one of them are in that top six or seven right now, if it comes down to, I don't know, Nebraska versus who? Nebraska versus Iowa. Then, it, then, then I think it could sway them. So, so, so we'll see. Like, I wonder how TCU factors into all this because now all of a sudden TCU is in the college football playoff. TCU's yeah. got money. Yeah. So, and that's yeah. what they've would got lead me money. to believe that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you would think, and they've G got a lot of tradition. TCU was good in like the '30s, '40s. Yeah, like the geography. They're not. Was, they're not new. Yeah, but the geography would suggest there's money there. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see the way the whole. I'll be very interested to see the way the whole thing plays out. So we'll see. Let's take a break. We got more to talk about. More some college stuff. I want to talk about James Robinson as well as we get set for the game on Thursday night. All that and more. Stay with us. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. I love Elvis. I don't love Elvis as much as Donna Murphy loves Elvis. No chance. I love Elvis. I still haven't seen that movie. You have, you have, did you see the movie? No. Do you know the story of the movie? you know the story? I remember you saying uh, that you weren't, you didn't love the fact that it sort of bounces around a lot. Well, yeah, I, I, the way they did it, it bounced around a little bit too much for me. But the Tom Hanks was, as he always is, fantastic. Right. Um, great villain. Great villain. Great villain. In this film. Yes. Yeah. But it made me sad, because it's, apparently it's all true, that uh, I don't want to ruin the movie for anybody, but by now, if you haven't seen it, you probably know the story. Yeah. That that this colonel, whatever his name was, who wasn't really a colonel. Tom this, Parker? Yeah, it's, yeah it's Colonel his? Tom Parker, or Colonel something. Yeah, maybe that's it. Anyway, he uh, he manipulated Elvis. He was his agent. But that he that Elvis never made the money he should have made, never had the life, and then and then essentially, and again, I'm I'm not trying to move, ruin the movie for you, but by now I'm I'm guessing if you're going to see it, you've seen it. That that the, at the end, this colonel had all these gambling debts, and the only way in Vegas, and the only way he could <clears throat> soothe those was to get Elvis to play in Vegas, and Elvis was 
an addict and his heart wouldn't allow it. So this, this Colonel guy to keep him playing in Vegas, he he had the first real residency in Vegas to, to keep him doing that. He kept him on, he kept him drugged up and that's why he got overweight and, and gross and sweaty and died. And it's 40 or whatever it was. Wow. And it, it's a sad story that the great Elvis Presley who say what you want about Elvis, say what you want about Elvis Presley. Elvis Presley was phenomenal. I mean, I mean, you talk about a guy that brought it now. I mean, he, but he was from, you know, from a Southern family that didn't have much money and, and didn't know the way of the world. And, and it was, uh, it was just, it was just a really, I never, I never knew the story. Did you, did you guys know that story? No, I, not that it was to that level. I never knew the story. I just assumed Elvis, like many other rock and roll yeah. musicians, sought out drugs. Yeah, me too. Me too. Me too. And, and, and I'm not saying that he didn't, but this tells a story of this guy kept him kind of, there, there, there's one scene where he, not, she shouldn't go on, but, but this guy tells him, hey, you know, you owe it to us, you owe it to your fans, take the syringe and boom, 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 and go out there. And then at the end, you remember how Elvis looked at the end. He was, he was, it was awful. It was all, and, that, and, he, and it killed him. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I don't, so how old would Elvis be if he was alive today? I don't know. He was born January 8th, 1935. 30, okay. So if he was 35, so. 87? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Late 80s. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a really sad, the whole thing's sad. I mean, it's just a really, really that sad. That is sad. Yes. Yeah, so, so the whole thing, the whole thing was sad. So Great Christmas song, though. Yeah. yeah <laughs> <laughs> and he died a, at 42. He was 42 years old. 42 oh. something like that. It really is sad. Um. Our picks come up in just a bit. Uh, what do you make of the whole James Robinson thing? You said they must hate him. Well, they, they don't hate. They, they don't like him as a player. Was he? That's what I meant. Was he hurt? Is he? Is he I can't he, imagine he, he was bat- hurt because the Jets would have sent him back and said, "We're failing him on the physical and give us our pick back." So obviously he was healthy enough to pass the physical. But it does make you wonder, Frank, you've talked about, you know, the, the day in and day out with James Robinson and what he had to kind of go through to, to suit up. And it does make you wonder if, I mean, the Jets were in a bad way with the Hall injury. And, uh, and you know, when they made the trade for James Robinson, you kind of got the feeling that he was going to play that role. He was going to be the dominant ball carrier and Carter would be, remain sort of the, the secondary option that was great in the passing game. It just never materialized. So I don't know if, if the Jets, if if it got worse once he got up there maybe, or if it just became too, if he just became too unreliable for them to count on him and they moved on. Yeah, it to me it's one of the most curious things. We have talked all about Gardner Minshew and his story and, and how surprising all of that was. James Robinson, for people who don't remember, basically beat out Leonard Fournette. Like, he is the reason that Leonard Fournette is not here anymore. And he was obviously this franchise's go-to guy for quite some time until Travis Etienne was able to be healthy this year. And then for him to just all of a sudden be a healthy and active, that does not make sense to me because he's a hard worker. He's a great guy, good guy in the locker room. I can't imagine that he wouldn't have learned the playbook immediately. And yet now he basically feels like he's disappeared. I think he had bad knees. I Whether or not that technically qualifies as failing a physical or hurt but i think i think he has i'd be surprised if he's in the league much longer cuz he cuz you're right Lauren he's a great guy a hard worker really respected by his teammates good football player um not a great football player and i just wonder if there's and i and i think it's a it's a it's an odd a very odd story so so we'll see it's a uh, my fear for him 
is that he, my fear for him is that he's not going to, that this might be it. I don't want it to be it for him. I like him. I like everything about him, but I, I fear it might be it for him. Don't you have to, you have I, to I wonder, think, don't you? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you have to wonder about that. I mean, it's again, anytime a running back is averaging less than three yards a carry, that's uh that's a really bad sign that uh that things aren't going well. And so yeah, and again it it stands to reason as to perhaps why he was undrafted. You know, there there was such a buzz about him that I don't know that it was ever you know really and and again it was kind of during COVID as well, so we didn't have the access. I'm not trying to blame anybody, but you know, maybe in normal circumstances we would have gotten a little bit more to the bottom of why was he undrafted? And then maybe it would have come up that well, he was flat. You know, uh, some teams just didn't ha- didn't have him on their list because of his knees, and then that would have sort of been, you know, obviously that was very public with Miles Jack coming out of the draft. Um, you know, and and it just it stands to reason that there was something just already kind of that existed because when you saw him play, it was like, how could this guy possibly not right. be drafted? And, uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, it looks like maybe the reason why is a lot of teams saw that it might be a short shelf life. He had over 4,400 yards in college. Obviously, we remember the senior year, 1,899, but he also had almost 1,300 yards his uh, junior year and almost 1,000 yards his sophomore year. I guess I assumed that because he was coming out of Illinois State, that's why he was undrafted, because people just didn't think that, that yeah. it, at that level his football would but, translate. But they find him. They, 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 that That's – Colleges anymore, this the scouting and the NFL scouting is so refined now. They don't miss many. That doesn't mean they don't miss any, but they don't miss a lot of guys. To, to be not drafted at all, you wonder if there's something there. Second guy I wonder about is Quincy Williams. He's played pretty well up there. Yes, he he's a guy that was interesting. He he's a physical line. He's a five foot eleven, probably what two twenty, two twenty five, fast physical linebacker that they drafted high here and they liked him. But it, the light never went on here, did it? It, no. it never went on here. He's Quinn and Williams' brother, by the way, the terrific defensive lineman out of Alabama who also plays for the Jets, who's a really good player. But it, cert- it certainly has worked up there, hasn't it? Now, Robert Sala was here. Wasn't Robert Sala here Quincy's first year? Why do I think that? I don't – You don't think he, they were never they together? They may have. I don't – I'm trying to think – I mean, I'm trying to think what – if Quincy ever worked under Gus, but I don't think he did. Sala was here 2014 to 2016. That he would have been here. There'd, yeah. there'd be no connection there. So. Um, but it's the system remained. So, uh, yeah. you know, obviously there, you know, what Todd Wash, Gus Bradley, Todd Correct. Wash, Robert yeah. Sala, all sort of from that Seattle tree. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, he's had a really productive season 76 tackles, couple of sacks. Um, I'll be honest, I never thought we'd really hear from him once he moved on from here uh, because there was a third-round investment. Granted, it was a very late third-round pick, but a, a third-round pick, and uh, and they gave up on him pretty quick here. Yeah, interesting. They certainly did. I believe he has four sacks this season, which is pretty good. Quincy does, yeah. He can, look, when he when That's not true. Four in his career, two this year. When his instincts are correct, he'll be really good. The, Instincts are the key with him because obviously he's a very athletic guy. A Godfrey Miles, a late Godfrey Miles who played at Florida, I can remember Steve Spurrier telling me if his instincts were better, he'd be a Hall of, he'd be a Heisman Trophy winner. He just he just didn't have great instincts. So we'll see. We'll take a break. When we come back, uh, we got our picks coming up. Uh, I have not heard back from Gibby B in the fact that I just sent him to him about a, five minutes ago. <laughs> Can't understand why he hasn't responded yet. But we'll tell you his picks in time. 
The three of us will do our picks as well. That comes up after this. Stay with us. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. So this is Christmas. And what have you done? Another year over. And you won't just be gone. And so this is Christmas. I hope you have fun. John Lennon. Really good song. Our last day, my last day. I'll be gone tomorrow. Yes, you'll be gone. Hayes and I will be here tomorrow. Yeah. And then Hayes will have a kickoff show on Thursday with Hacker. Yep. And then Hayes, Hayes and, and I will be here on Friday. How about that? That's right. We're at Island Wings tomorrow, too. Island Wings. Archer location. Dang it, I missed that. That stinks. We get to eat all the coconut shrimp. Oh, that, not, that's wrong. All right, that's already wrong. There, there you go. We'll FaceTime you. <laughs> Definitely do that. <laughs> All right, uh, let's do some picks. Fire me up some college music in there, Dylan, will you? We got some college picks to do here. Oh, no, we don't have any college nope, picks. No college Call games. Uh, Correction, fire me up some NFL I've got Oregon right State. Yeah. Give me some NFL music in there. You got to have something in there, Give don't you? Give me one sec. I will, I will. So we're do we have Gibby's picks? We do have Gibby's picks. From uh, Chile, North Carolina. There we go. All right, here we go. Here's how the uh, standings look right now. Hayes Carlin, he hails from the bowl school. Gunner on that punt team, boy, you didn't want you, you. You know what you needed to do? Bear catch it. Yeah. Uh, his sixty-two total. Forty-nine, forty running at you. Fifty-one, thirty-nine, fifty-one and thirty-nine, sixty-two total points. Lauren Brooks from St. Josephine uh, Middle School. She played for the Monarchs over there. She's forty-seven and forty-three, sixty-one total points. I'm forty-eight and forty-two, fifty-six total points. Andrew Gibson uh, is forty-four and forty-six. He's very cold right now in Chile, North Carolina. Forty-nine total points. Sixty-two, sixty-one, fifty-six, forty-nine. Three more weeks, including this one, and then we are done. It's going to come down to Hayes and Lauren, I would imagine. So let's get right to it. I'll let you guys pick first and alternate. Hayes, you go first. Uh, the Giants play at the Vikings. The Vikings got lucky uh, last week a little bit with uh, the stunning comeback over yeah. the Colts. I think they keep the momentum going. Flawed team, but I think they hold serve at home and beat the Giants. Lauren Brooks? Unfortunately, I have to go with him. I just don't think that anyone can cover Justin Jefferson. And so the Giants had a hard time containing Jahan Dotson. Wait till Justin Jefferson comes. I think the Vikings are going to win too, but I'm going to pick the Giants because Gibby picked the Vikings. So I got a game picker upper opportunity. There you go. What have I got to lose, right? You you, you're down five late in the game. You got to try and win some here. The Eagles at the Cowboys. Lauren Brooks, you go first. Yeah, I think this one's really tough because of the – Jalen Hurts injury. I will take the Cowboys at home. Cowboys at home, says Lauren Brooks. Hayes Carline. I'm going to take the Eagles. Uh, I like Minshew. So even if it ends up being Gardner Minshew, I think he'll be inspired. Uh, he was at Mike Leach's service today. It just, it, Minshew's a storybook player. It seems like it's kind of leading towards it. And I think the Eagles are a tough team. Uh, so anyway, long-winded answer to I take Philadelphia. <laughs> Do I give him game picker up of for opportunity? Of course not. Not with a team that's only one loss, one, has one loss all season. Why would you listen to her? <laughs> I love the it. Eagles this are a six-point oh, underdog. By the way, by the way, I'm enjoying this. Okay, yeah. guys, if y'all can just continue this. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Sorry, Lauren. Oh, my gosh. This happens to me every the week. T- the Texans are at the Titans. Hayes Carline from the Moss Pit. 
The Titans are playing dreadful, but I just can't do it. I and, and Houston's been tough these last two. They seem like they're close to getting a victory, but I can't pull the trigger on it. Give me Tennessee. Lauren Brooks? I'm absolutely doing it. I've thought all week the Texans are winning this ballgame. The Titans that. are just a disaster right now. And to make you feel better, I'll give you the game picker up. Well, thank you. How about I that? I appreciate that. I will take sir. the Titans. I, plus, I knew you were picking the Titans all along. <laughs> the, you always do. The Bengals at the Patriots, Lauren Brooks. Uh, the Patriots just the way that game ended last week, they're not going to be able to live that down. So I'll take the Bengals. Hey, Scarline. Uh, Joe Burrow, please. Yeah, I can't help you. I can't. I want to go. I want to go all in, but I can't go all in on this one. I'll take the <laughs> Bengals as well. We all picked the Bengals on that one. Raider, the Raiders at the Steelers. Hey, Scarline. I am going to go Steelers here. I think that they're just tougher, and I think Vegas did get incredibly lucky last week with uh, how the Patriots handled the laterals. So uh, I will take right. the Pittsburgh Steelers. Lauren Brooks? I'll go opposite. I'll go with the Raiders. All right. Uh, this time you're not going to get a game picker-up opportunity because I'll take the Steelers right with you. And finally, it met life. Stadium on a cold and rainy Thursday night. The Jaguars, the Jaguars at the New York Football Jets. <laughs> Sometimes stuff just comes out of my mouth. I don't can't really explain right. it. Uh, who's first? I forget who's up first. I'll go first. Okay. I like the Jaguars. I'll go 27-9. I think the Jaguars actually get some style points as well on national television. Lauren Brooks? I appreciate Corey, who tweeted me over the weekend that I got a game pick rapper and Moneyball, and he even Moneyball. spelled it with all the M's. <laughs> Did he? So I truly appreciate that he was not only paying attention uh, to just the uh, fact that I had that, but also exactly how we call it. Uh, but, yeah, I, the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence right now, they're a hard team to bet against. Moneyball. I'm six behind, guys. You got to do what you got to do. Oh, wow. I'm going to take the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Trying to get back in this thing. That's a two. That's a three-pointer if I get it. Now, okay, I get a couple extra points. That's a money ball and a game picker-upper, so I will take the Jets. Those are our picks. It looks like this. Giants, Vikings. Um, I took the Giants. You guys all took the Vikings. I'm an idiot. Uh, the Eagles at the Cowboys. Uh, Hayes Carline from the Bowl School took the Eagles. The rest of us took the Cowboys. The Titans and the Texans. Lauren Brooks went Texans there. The rest of us took the Titans. We all took the Bengals over the Patriots. Steelers and Raiders right down the middle. Hayes and I say Steelers at home. Lauren and Gibby say Raiders on the road. And uh, I took the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets to try and get back in it. I kind of think the Jaguars might win that game. But I'm going to take the Jets and uh, try and get back in it. The rest of you took the Jags. Those are our picks. One more time. 62 for Carlion, 61 for Brooks, 56 for me, 49 for Gibby. There you go. Those are our picks. Nicely done in there, Dylan. Um, I will say this. The picks contest, like I said, I, I guess I could get back in if I hit a couple of Hail Marys, but probably not. This is a good one between Carlion and Brooks. We haven't had one of these. We haven't had one of these yet. This is pretty good down the this stretch. Good. This is good. I love the fact y'all are arguing like an old married couple. I thought it was fantastic. He's keyed my car uh, yeah, yeah. since the process has begun. I've Just had wait to... till you go out there today. <laughs> I've had to counter with something that I can't even say on air. I mean, it's it's gotten like it's gotten this. real. I like this. you guys, are, and the reason y'all are heads because y'all are whooping the the two of us, Gibby and me. So you guys are they've done a very good job picking. So there you go. So 62, 61, 56, 49. But there could be movement this week. Yeah, you could pick up five points. 
yeah. on the Giants and Jets. So, yeah. uh, I mean, the New York teams. Yeah, yeah. and I really hope I don't. I, right. I, I would. I would happily uh, let one of you guys win because I. Because I. It would be devastating if the Jags don't win. But this you game did out. what you needed. What, no need, what you needed to have happen happened. Yeah. You've, you've got the opportunity to make a big move. Yeah. I mean, again, the Jags Jets is a pick 'em game. Right. I just, I just can't take Zach Wilson. Yeah. But, um. And, you know. And I pretty much know the Giants aren't going to Minnesota and winning. But uh, at some point, you got to do what you got to do. So, so yeah. So there Stranger you go. things have happened. Certainly in the National Football League. It is interesting that we ended up with of the six games four game picker uppers. Yeah, that is surprising. Well, I think we probably took some pick game picker ups that we wouldn't have taken. I can tell you uh, for that, uh, we've taken some that we ordinarily uh, would not have taken. If we By the way, good news for the Jaguars. Fully Fadakasi, other than Cam Robinson, who's likely out for the year, but Fully Fadakasi was the only other Jaguar that did not practice today. Uh, so that means Trevor Lawrence did return to practice and Brandon Scherf did as well. Yeah, yeah. And, and there, there's no doubt Trevor's playing in the game. I don't think anybody anybody doubts that. Um, Gator basketball tonight. You guys going to watch? Sure. You, you locked in? You gonna be watching? It? Actually, I'm not gonna watch. It's uh, <laughs> nine o'clock. Tip. My uh, well, it's not. It's my uh, lovely wife's Jean's birthday. Oh, so, it is. Uh, Happy birthday we're going to her! Out to celebrate. Happy so birthday I will not to watch. Jean. Happy birthday. Okay. But I, I am intrigued by the game. I'll be interested yeah. in following you guys on Twitter to yeah, see what. Okay. Happens. Yeah. Well, you know me. I tweet once at halftime, once after the game. I'm not a big. I'm not a big uh, while the game's going on Twitter. Tweeter. Yeah, I'm not either. Uh, I will watch it because I'll be home by yeah. the time it tips off. I don't know anything about Oklahoma. I have way more concerns about the Gator basketballers than you do, but uh, but this will be a good little litmus test here because they've they've everyone's healthy, they've played together enough now. They're favored. They're favored in the games. They're at home. They're they're in Charlotte. They have they've been hammered now by UConn and West Virginia. But I don't think this team's as good as those two teams. And so, but definitely not UConn. But they've gone well. Of course, they're a good point. But they've gone through the they've gone through the now. Okay, here's what it's like to play together and play a team to play. Play. Here's what it's like to be together for the first time and play teams that are con- used to being together, right? So, so it, yeah, it's interesting. It'll, I'm very intrigued by uh, what might happen in this ball game between um, uh, the, the the Gators and Oklahoma. I, I where did where did you land? I I, t- I said I I'm fearful this will be Florida's first sub 500 SEC season since Billy's last year, eight years ago, and frankly, only the second one in many 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 years. Hayes thinks they'll be fine. He thinks they'll be at least 500 in the league. What do you think? Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think You think they'll be at least 500 in the league? I do. I think Colin Castleton has had a massive slump, and I don't think that's going to hang around all year. And then Lofton, once he was able to come back in, I think the game flow improved drastically. I think Todd Golden's system is going to take some time for this team to get used to. And so once they figure out once he figures out exactly who to play when like Jatobo's had to play I think more minutes than than Golden probably expected to this point so I, I think they'll be just fine yeah I uh yeah yeah I, I I hope you guys are right I I my gut tells me they're not very good but but I mean, just I, my gut tells me they're not very good and and that doesn't mean some of the pieces aren't pretty good but my gut tells me and I just think the league is so good I I, I just think it's the best SEC we've had Honestly, ever, ever, as far as far as depth, ever. I mean, it's traditionally been a two, three bid league. It, that's now right. it's a six to seven bid league. The S- the SEC forever has been Kentucky and whoever happened to be good that year, other than Kentucky. It was LSU during some of the Dale Brown years and Shaq years. It was Alabama once upon a time. It was, and then when Florida came along, they were good enough years. That then it was Florida, Kentucky, and whatever third team happened to be good. So Florida's the only team that became a second team. 
They're, they're the really in in my lifetime. They're the only team that became a second legitimate team in the SEC um, for for a long period of time. Until now, when there's a bunch of them. Now, now there's there's Auburn, Tennessee, Alabama. I mean, Auburn, Tennessee, and Alabama are really good. Mississippi State's ranked, you know. So that's that's at least five ranked teams, isn't it? Somewhere thereabouts. Yeah, I mean, in, I think in Lenardi's projection, I want to say that the SEC has seven in in the field. Um, and when you look at the uh, net rankings, which obviously kind of determine, we think, I mean, it's what the NCAA uses to determine all this stuff. You've got Tennessee at four, Alabama at seven, Mississippi State at 14, Arkansas at 17. So that's five in the top 17. Wow. You've got uh, Kentucky 30th. So Kentucky right now in net is the sixth best team in the SEC. That that tells you all. Case closed. Wow. wow. Case wow. closed. That, that, how, that. how different is the SEC now? Kentucky yeah. at 30. Wow. Not like a really down year. Kentucky right. at 30 right. in net is the sixth best team in the sixth SEC right team. now. And, and whereas it may not play out that way by the time it's over, right, right now they're the sixth best team. So, and oh, by the you, way. And you think Florida's going 9-9 nine nine in that league? Yes. Texas, who will be entering Florida the league. Florida is seventh, actually. They're 55th in the net okay. right now. Texas in the AP Top 25, who will eventually be in the league, is seventh. Ahead of Tennessee, yeah. Alabama, yeah. Arkansas, Mississippi State, Kentucky. Okay. All right. So um, tonight on Helmets and Hills, you guys bringing the heat? Uh, of course we're bringing the heat, always. How are you looking on the beam? Uh, we're not to the beam yet. That will be next month, but I'm getting very excited about Gators. Gymnastics. Who would do the beam? Trinity. Oh, on ours. Not on the Gators team. Uh, probably Donna. Yeah, Donna was a long – she did dance forever. Yeah. Yeah, so probably I'd say Donna. Yeah, I think she'd have the best acrobatics, yeah. tumbling, flexibility, yeah. all the things. But you guys are all be good. Be. You guys are all in good shape. No, I would be you, horrendous. Yeah, no, no you, gotta, you, gotta, you guys are all, you all stay in good shape. and whatnot, But I would say Donna because of the dance background on the beam. Yeah, I would I'll, think I'll so. I'll have to ask Donna if that's, if that's correct. Yeah, so tonight it's uh, Mia, Donna, and I. Taylor has the night off because today is Taylor's birthday, so birthday. Taylor and Jean share How a about birthday. birthday. the same birthday. Absolutely. So. What's coming up? What are you all doing? What are you talking about? It's Victory Tuesday. That's Victory, all you need to know. Victory. You know what? And that then, of course, there's a know. game in two nights, and Mia's heading up to New York, so we'll certainly talk to her about that. All right. All sounds good. Uh, enjoy your hour off. Denny Thompson joins us in a moment. One hour to go. This is 1010XL and 92.5 FM. Now. The quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson. Okay, bring it in. Brought to you by Tyson Sound and Security. Security and automation experts. One, two, three. Well, it's Christmas time. Get you wonder. I got nothing. Yeah, nothing. Nah, I've, I've, listen, it's been all season long. I'm, I'm not that you funny anyway. Run. You okay. had a good run. I, I, I did all I could. You exceeded expectations. Yes, I did. <laughs> Plus, like, who can blame you? You got to be on such a high from a the high. last couple I weeks. I got Tom Petty playing right now. How good is that? Huh? That's really good. Um, How about that sweatshirt? Tops yeah. baseball. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, love, that. love the sweatshirt. Yeah, I am on a high. It's been you fun. Should be. It's been. This has been fun, man. This has been a. This is a. Uh, yeah, I've lost my mind. I guess I'm play by play. Got to lose his mind, but you lose your mind every now and then, right? No, you're supposed to, right? Yeah, yeah. So it'd um, be boring if you just sat there and. Very monotone. Yeah. Called the whole touchdown. game. Yeah, yeah touchdown. Yeah. See y'all later. We're one, used to this. We won again. Right. Danny, <laughs> uh, why is he? Why is Trevor playing so much better? What? This, what? What? What's changed? And you, I mean, you watch this stuff closer than we do. I mean, you watch you watch different things than we do. Yeah. I, I'm saying, what? What happened? It's. I think it's confidence. It's, and I, and I think it's very interesting this week too because you got two really skilled guys in Zach Wilson and Trevor, 
And there's such a fine line for these young guys on, am I going to come in there and take over a locker room and be confident and be the big fish the way that people think I'm supposed to, or am I going to kind of ease into this and earn the respect of my team? And I think you're seeing two different guys do it two different ways, right? Trevor has earned the respect of this team, and they're looking at this guy as, as six teams on the field. we got a chance to win. And New York is the other way around, right? It's a guy who came in, and I don't think he had the personality or the servant leadership that Trevor's got, and now it seems like his team and his owner and his, and his coach has kind of flipped on him, and now he's got to go backwards and earn that respect. So I, I think this week is a, is a great lesson for leadership, and I think Trevor has done nothing – short of being an amazing leader since the very first time he walked into Jacksonville. Was there any particular play uh, against Dallas that stood out to you with Trevor? Man, it, it's that's the thing about him is now it, there's like 10 every game, right? Every single game he continues to beat the cover two. He continue, like, he's, he's being super consistent on what he does from week to week. He, his pacing is so good right now, the way he's coming off of one read and going to the other and – People talk about getting deep into progressions, but it's a really hard thing to do. It's like I got to go to one being ready to throw to my first progression, but also the availability to come off of it, right? And I got to do the same thing at two and three. It's not like you're just flashing by these things. So now you look at his feet, and he's keeping his back hip underneath him a little bit more. He's not getting as wide-based, and he's getting through those progressions smoother, quicker, and, and more accurately. Do, um, do you When you watch a game, do you watch – that stuff, the mechanics, yeah. is it just natural for you to watch it? it it's gotten that. It, it's not fun to watch football anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. really not. Yeah. And now my poor son, my 11-year-old's <laughs> right there with me. But, yeah, I do. Yeah. I look at that. I look at shell of coverages. And I'm kind of obsessed with releases by receivers. If I can see the release by the receiver, okay, like that tells you a lot. So that's, You, you kind of need all 22 for that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, on TV. Yeah. Um, let me go back to something you said a minute ago. You, you've intrigued me a little. The leadership and being a servant leader. You know, it's funny, Denny. Leadership's hard. I mean, for, particularly in sports. I mean, I mean, leadership's hard, period. But you can't, and I'm, and, I'm, and I'm thinking about this when I heard you say it. You're quarterback on the team. You got, leader, you got to be the man. But you can't fake it. That's right. You can't, you know, you can't fake that you're the man. You got to, yet you can't be, you can't shy away from it because then you're not the man. So, I mean, do you, with your guys, do you, is that part of the, the it is conversations. No, it is. It's it's one of the first things. Like we're having our annual camp tomorrow. Uh, starts tomorrow. We do two of them every year. They're sold out this year. Thank thank you everybody. But that's the first thing we hit is when you come into our facility and say I want to be a quarterback. What you're telling me is I want to be in front of everybody and I want to lead. Yeah. Right. And and you can't be one without the other. And so we've got to push that leadership thing. And I've said this on here before. The only thing worse than no leadership is fake leadership. Yeah, that's right. And if you're that guy that when it's game time, you're ready to clap it up and you're ready to go out there and act like you'll do anything for your team, you're not going to last. Because people know. People know. They know when you skip that rep in the summer, yeah. right? They, they're looking at you. They know. They may not say anything, but they know. With Trevor, from the very first day he got here, he has taken every bullet at every press conference that's been lobbed his way. I, I've told the story before about – the first time I ever threw with him, we're at Bishop Kenny. He's running late. He's waiting for the guy who prepped the field to come back on to thank him as he's leaving and running late to an Urban Meyer workout. Right. That's just the kind of guy this guy is. And those guys usually end up winning. That's a great story. And I, I've told this story before. I'll tell it again. When we're in line, I'm glad you told us. He waited for the Bishop Kenny guy to take care of the field to thank him before he to left. thank him, yep. When we're in London – 
And um, I was we we got to London and I went and played golf because I'm an idiot. I didn't sleep on the plane, so I'm tired. So it was long. So I overslept. I mean, I just slept in on Saturday. Okay. So, so we have this. We're staying at this great resort, uh, the Jags, and and the on the travel party. When it's a wonderful resort, and this food there's this food room that looks over this atrium. It's gorgeous. So I get down there at lunch around two o'clock, and rather than one or twelve or one, and Trevor's in there. He's the only guy in there, and uh, other than the staff. And we talked for a few minutes, and he was he was tired. He just got in there late, probably film study or whatever. So we talked for a minute. Then I went to the other side of the lunchroom. Okay, so now he can't see me anymore. The only person in there is me, way on the other side of the room. Trevor, kind of in the main area, and about four or five members of the of the food preparation staff who were just there. They were just there until everybody's gone. Even even with nobody else coming in there, there's four or five people. Their job was to make sure they prepare. They they it's like a buffet line sort of, and they, they make sure they had. They they sorted out the food, so that that was kind of that was kind of their job, right? Danny, when he gets done, we have the quesadillas or whatnot. When he's done, he starts to leave, and I'm watching. He can't see me. Mm-hmm. There's nobody else in there, so he's not grandstanding. Right? He's not showing off. He went to every one of those guys and thanked them for preparing yeah. the food. He said, "Hey, thank you for for preparing this food for us. We 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 really appreciate that. It's, man, it's been really good." And and I, I kind of speak for all of us. Thank thank you. And I watched him. And I watched him. And again. It's one thing to do it with about ten people watching. That's right. Let me go show everybody yep. what a uh, what a nice guy I am. There was nobody there. Yep. And so that that speaks to what you're no, saying. And he was like that the first time I met him in Elite Eleven in Charlotte when he was in eleventh grade. He was like that. Mm-hmm. But you just kind of assume a guy that gets through the amount of I guess notoriety that he got in in Clemson and then was the first overall pick. You just assume some of that's going to go, right? It hasn't. That's just who he is. And. And I'm, I'm not, I said I'm not going to talk about him today because there's nothing to talk about. But that's the same way Anthony is when we talk about Anthony's leadership. Yeah, yeah. It's the exact same way. Yeah, I believe that. Right? And th- those guys are just so rare. And, man, when they get everything going, people fight for them and they yeah. want to win for them. And that's what you're seeing in this football team Yeah, right I, I get. By the way, I, I get the sense Anthony Richards is that guy. They're I've identical. Heard, I've, yeah. heard, I've heard enough people say it that I get that same read. What, what's the book on Zach Wilson as a player in your estimation? Is, is he salvageable? Uh, yeah, I think I think so. I think for him right now, like mechanically, he is teaching tape, literally. Like I can show you videos that we show our guys to this day. He to is. this day, like okay. he he is just he dug into mechanics. He worked really hard while he was at BYU, and he is so good mechanically. He can make every throw on the field. Some some throws that he shouldn't be able to make based on his size and strength, he can because the mechanics are so good. The sense I get from him though is. And I've only watched four or five games. So if you're a Jets fan and you've watched more, then don't don't tweet at me. I don't think he knows this offense very well. He reminds me a little bit of Tua, Tua's rookie in second year, where it was like he'll, he'll make a throw and you're like, holy cow, like that ball jumped on him and it's great. But then he's late on a throw or he completely misses a read, not a busted coverage read like Trevor missed the other day, but a real read. He misses it. And so I just don't know if he's got that. I don't. I, I think he's got it between the years, but he's not using it. So I don't know if that's a sign of he doesn't know what the defense is doing or he doesn't know what his offense is doing. But it's definitely salvageable. You got. I'm. I'm. And when I think about him, because Hayes and I and Lauren and I had to talk earlier about when he blew it at the press conference when they said, "Did you, did you let your team down?" He goes, "No." And then the team kind of turned on him a little bit. So, so I'm, you got me caught up in this leadership thing because I think because I like this stuff. Yeah, I think it's cool. I um. Can you re can you can you win him back if 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 he if he did lose them because he was cocky guy or or not accountable guy can yeah. you win can you can you win him back Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, you win football games. 
Yeah. I mean, I think that's where it's got to start. You've got to win football games. We see it with coaches all the time. We see it with coaches who go through rough spurts and everybody's talking about firing them and players aren't playing for them. And then three years later, Mike Norvell. Yeah. You know, bam, there we are. So I think you can, but I think in that league and in this sport, it revolves around guys succeeding. And you have to have the other guys succeed. But, you know, to that same point, imagine Trevor in that same press conference. Yeah. And imagine how different that is. Different right. that is. That's right. That's right. right. And, and that's, that's, I think, what you need to know about the difference between Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence. You wouldn't even have to ask the question to Trevor because Trevor would open up by saying, it's my fault. This game is completely on me. I let everybody down today. Right. And I'm sorry. I've got Because that's be how he's wired. Right. You don't even have to be in a leadership position to watch that press conference and put your head in your hands and went, what is he doing? Yeah, that's right. I mean, somebody that's never let anything can look at that and go, that was stupid. Right, and that's just pride getting in the way, I think. So, Jalen Hurts has a bum shoulder. Mm-hmm. Is it a shoulder? Yes. Yeah, it is. A bum shoulder. And a huge game coming up with the Dallas Cowboys that uh, in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Gardner Minshew, there's a high percentage, high chance he's going to play that game. How will he do? Because my gut tells me he's going to do pretty well. Yeah, I don't have any worries. I, I have no worries about him doing well or not. Um, best offseason he's ever had. I, I mean, he was dialed in all offseason, worked harder than literally anybody else that we have. He he was just in that mind frame of I'm grinding through this season, waiting on this, like waiting on this opportunity, right? And so here it is on one of the biggest stages you can have it in because that, that on top of the rivalry, like, I mean, the Cowboys are fighting right now, right? And, and, and so I, I think he's the kind of guy who seems to – always be at the moment I think he'll meet it put that on top of the Mike Leach stuff you put that on top of everything else he's got going on put that on top of the fact that it's a contract year for him um most quarterbacks would probably look at this and go oh gosh hope I don't blow this no 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 not Gardner Gardner's looking at this as this is my chance to flex and get back in this league as a starter yeah follow up to that and and I don't and I don't know how this works but there are teams that don't have starters Mm-hmm. There's there's teams who don't know who their next quarterback is. The Panthers, we could. Uh, the there's Seahawks. probably a third of them. Uh, there's probably how many? How as far as the next two or three years? Yeah, there's probably there's a handful. Yeah, well, Arnwell did a list for ESPN. Oh, he did. He had how, how 19 many? teams. Listed. Yeah, I know. Oh, wow. It's because it's, okay. you look at teams like Seattle. Is do it they that have many? their is guy? It that yeah. many? Is yeah. it and and I will say of the 19, there weren't any that I said. What are you talking okay, about? Okay, so so so, can he get in that mix? Because I, I would root like crazy for him. If he could get, as long as they're not playing our guys. I mean, know? we we think so. He yeah. thinks so. Yeah. Right. And I think that's the reason why you kind of gamble on yourself, go through this last year of a contract because he he had extensions, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he was offered things. So I, I think he feels like he can still be a starter in this league and doesn't really feel like, yeah. you know, he was on the best team to showcase his talents before, which Hazer, I think we see in the past was true. Because, Hayes, there's two questions. We're talking about two different questions. One, can he be a starter in the league? And two, Will he get an opportunity to be a starter in the league? Those are two different questions. That's right. No, that's Those, right. So, what do you think? I, I picked Philadelphia. I, yeah. I mean, there. I know Vegas moved him from a three-point underdog to a six-point underdog. So, Did they really? Yeah, but I, I don't care. I think Gardner Minshew is going to play great. They're getting Dallas Goddard back. I, yep. they're, to your point, it's the best team he's ever had uh, uh, around him. Uh, Dallas didn't show me a ton. I mean, they're good. Right. Um, but I certainly don't see them as some unbeatable team, and we all know how they choke on a yearly basis. So I absolutely think Gardner Minshew is going to go into Jerry's world, 
and he's going to be 24-27, right. and he's going to throw two touchdowns and no picks, and they're going to move the ball, and you lose the running that Hurts gives you. But I think there'll be elements in the passing game that Gardner gives them that Hurts doesn't. Completely agree. His his ability to process information is so elite, and his anticipation, we see it at Jack practice all the time, he throws it well before everybody else throws it. Right? His anticipation is fantastic. But the bigger thing is he's just a gamer, and he's prepared. That's the thing. Like This isn't a guy who's taking this backup role lightly. This has been all about winning a Super Bowl for him. We started this off with leadership. We can end the segment with leadership. He, he is a phenomenal leader that everybody loves. Literally everybody in the locker room loves Gardner, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Never has a problem getting guys to come out and catch for him. Some guys do, and we can tell a lot by that. Guys want to be around Gardner. Hell, I want to be around Gardner. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. I hope he gets the chance. You know, I was having lunch with Bob Wolford, Johnny's dad. Yeah. And uh, they live in my neighborhood. You probably knew that. They were having lunch with Bob Wolford. This is when Johnny was probably a senior. Probably a senior. We have lunch at uh, – a senior at Wake or at BK? At BK. Okay. Senior at BK. And uh, he was, and we were talking about, I mean, I knew college coaches, and and I'll never forget Bob Wolford said to me over lunch, he said, like, I don't, and it's my kid. I mean, obviously, we all, we all think our kids are great. He says, I don't doubt that my kid can play at a lot of schools. I do doubt that he'll get a chance. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem like it's trending. To, and he's what, probably, he's probably 5'11", 6 feet, 6 yeah. or something. Yeah. But it's not trending toward him getting a chance. And I thought about that. Whether or not you can play for Missouri or 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 Illinois, and whether or not they give you a chance are two different questions. That's completely right. Yeah, yeah. And, and no one gave him a chance. Wait, wait, at the last minute gave him a chance. And to your point, you what you have to do if you're a guy like Gardner is you have to have a Geno type of situation. Yeah, yeah, right. You, Where you, you get, get that break. second chance and you take full advantage of it, and a team goes, "All right, we're not going to tie you up for five years, but we'll tie yeah. you up for two. Yeah. And then you get you buy yourself those two more years to prove that it's the real deal. Yeah. All right, we'll say we'll take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about the portal and uh, where guys are going, coming and going, all that uh, after this with Denny Thompson. Stay with us. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. Chuck Berry today. You're hearing all kind of Christmas music today. Frank Franti, Hayes, Carline. Lauren Brooks has the hour off. Of course, she gets set to host Helmets and Heels with Mia, Taylor, and Donna. Danny Thompson here talking quarterback. It was a very amateur move by you at the break. What'd I do? Wait until there's 10 seconds left in the yeah. break and tell me there's food. Yeah. I don't know if it's all that. I don't know if it's that much of an amateur move. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. You see Hayes, the okay. vet. Okay. It might seem, was like, forget yeah. the break. It, I'm it, going to get it. It actually might have been a savvy move by me. <laughs> just so you know. Saquon um, Barkley wouldn't have gotten down that hallway as fast <laughs> as I just did. Hey, um, do you like the portal stuff with the quarterbacks? Do you like it? I mean, do, as, a, as a former high school player and a former high school coach and a guy that loves kids, and is it, do you like it? Do you like, do you like it? Uh, I do. I like it for our college guys. It stinks for our high school guys. Okay. Like, it's – there's well, – let me, let me stop. Let me, let me stop. You're, you're looking out for your – your pupils, right? I'm just asking you. Yeah, I do like it. Okay. I, th- I think it. I think it adds an element of competition we haven't seen in college football, and I, okay. that I think will catch up soon. Okay, I think you'll start to see more TCUs, things like that. Teams are getting good fast. Yeah. I mean, I, again, you know, we can go back to Mike Norvell. Without the transfer portal, is Mike Norvell still at Florida State right yeah. now? Yeah, I hear you. 
You know, without the transfer portal, do we as Gator fans have a ton of hope going into next year? The only hope that we're holding on to is that they cross the transfer portal, correct? Do you have a ton of hope and that they'll do that? A ton may be a overstatement, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think they'll do well. You do? Um, yeah. I just think it's, it's there's too many guys in there that are too good and Florida's too desirable for them to strike out on the transfer portal. I think teams like Florida and Florida State and Georgia and Miami and geographically should crush the transfer portal. Because now you essentially what you've done is you've taken minor league baseball and put that into play. You've, you're going to North Texas. You're going to shorter where that tight end was. And guys that you missed on when they were 18 years older you didn't know about, now you're getting a second time around to improve your team. So I love that part of it. I, I'm curious about uh, some of the moves, but Jeff Sims was obviously a player that we've talked a lot about. Uh, a great move for him, I think. Yeah, it, it was an awesome move. Um, when that opportunity came up, I was actually heading to Atlanta and I was going to have dinner with him. And on the way, he called and he's like, hey, um, Nebraska just called. Tell me what they said. They want me out there tonight. I'm like, go, go. He's like, but you're – Go. I'll worry about me. You got plenty to do in Atlanta, Jeff. I'll I'll survive. Um, and so I think you know the minute that Matt Rule got that job and they zeroed in on Jeff, I think it was just a good fit for both of them. He came in today and threw and looks phenomenal. I will be very and I've said this to you a bunch. I because he never he didn't really get the attention that Gatewood and, and and Beck and all those guys did. They were kind of in that same time. I will be very surprised if he's not a very good player in Nebraska. I, I will be very, very surprised if he's not a very good player in Nebraska. He went to Georgia Tech, and there wasn't a lot around him. And that, and I like Jeff Collins. He was a good defensive guy, but I, I don't know. I, he had a lot of circumstances that weren't his fault. Uh, I'll be very surprised. And, I, and by the way, I, I assume Matt Rule will do a good job there. But assuming the culture's right and all that, yeah. and I don't pretend. I'll bet he's good. I'll bet. Yeah, he's good I there. agree. And his recruitment was just weird. Like he, I felt like he did things the right way. He committed early. He stayed on it. And then Florida State had the coaching change, and it just didn't fit with what Norvell wanted to do. And so that's how he ended up at Georgia Tech. Yeah, that's right. He was going to FSU. I forgot that's right. That. Yeah, and then Willie got fired. And so I, I think this time he and his dad and his uncle really sat down and thought through all the different possibilities. And his uncle is Mike Sims Walker, who used to play yeah, for right. the Jacks, right? And so I think they did a very thorough job, and I think they found a great place for him. And he's excited. He looks fantastic. What do you think about this Grayson McCall that people are talking about? Mike Hayes hates him. Being Florida's – you know, I don't know what I, to think. I, I don't know what to think about Grayson. Actually, I love the question. You hear him answer. Yeah, what do you What do you think about this this guy? It was the I, hand, I gotta have though. I gotta have this guy. It was the hand movie that you can't right. see. It's like part of the plan. Yeah, he's like, so he's so he's so annoyed. <laughs> um, I don't know what to think about Grayson. I've seen him in person a couple times. Put together kid, very athletic. Reminds me a lot of Riley Truello, who was the quarterback at Bartram Trail. Like when I see one, I see the other. You can win football games with it, right? They're very talented guys. Um, they both, and, I, and I've been telling colleges this about Riley. Riley's been in a system that called on his legs more, so I can't, I can't say he can't throw the ball 40 times a game. He just hasn't yet. Yeah. I think the same with Grayson. I think he's got enough arm talent that if you put him in that situation, he probably would, would succeed, but he hasn't been given that opportunity yet. Here, here's what I think, and I and hey, you gotta understand how Hayes and I are different. I'm a just a really good guy. Right, right. Okay. That's the word. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah. Just, just a really good solid guy. Right. Hayes is not a good guy. Right. You, you, that's you, what I've heard. You know, people in your life that aren't good people. <laughs> well, Hayes is one of them. Okay, so I got people in my life that aren't good people too. I'm a positive, a very positive spirit uh, about me. He's a grumpy, angry guy. Right. So I looked at this guy, Grayson McCall, who I've now seen exactly zero tape on. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen zero highlights. 
Okay, I don't know. But I do know this. He's thrown 78 touchdowns and eight picks in three years. Yeah. So that means his average year is 27 and three. You got to be kind of good to do that, don't you? I mean, there's got to be something there. You do. You do. Now, I will say this. If I think about the offense I played in high school, yeah. like we were so good everywhere that when it came time it for me to throw to the good. ball, yeah. we were wide open. Yeah. Right? Well, like, well, and by the way, if you're 78 and eight, there's got to be some of that too. They there's got to that. be right. They had that going on. They ran a very similar thing to what Gus ran when he was at Auburn and they won the national championship. Like they confuse people, yeah. they motion people. Yeah. And so he threw to a lot of open guys. So I can get the hesitancy yeah. on him as well, but I, I do think there's some juice to him. I, I don't think that's where Florida's going. I don't believe that. You don't think they'll land? Okay. No. If it was up to you, who would you want? Assuming everybody was in the portal. I mean, within reason. Well, I mean, Caleb. But yeah. uh, within reason. I mean, I've, I'm hearing the rumors, just like everybody else, about the Tulane kid, and I'm super intrigued by him. Yeah, I am too. I, I think he's a really good player. And then I think if the Hartman rumors ever came to pass, which we've all heard now, you'd be hard to take anybody over him for a one-year project. So if you really love your quarterback room beyond that, it'd be hard not to take Hartman from a production and the fact he's just got one year, which is a selling point in recruiting. By the what way. about the, the, the Utah guy? We keep hearing that there's something to that, Cam Rising. Yeah, I'm not a big fan. You're not? I'm really not. Like, I, got, yeah, I, I, I think he does a great job of getting the most out of his skill set, okay. and that is a great trait to have. Yeah, and he does do that. Yeah, but I, I, there's nothing that he does that I go, wow, you could build yeah. around that. Okay. I like him. Uh, I mean, it's I, fun to watch. And, and I've watched him. And I've, again, I've seen the two-lane guy about as much as I've seen the coastal guy. I just, I just we don't see these guys. Yeah. So the, uh, but but there's no, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that next year's guy's portal guy, right? Yeah, I don't there's, think there's, there's no, like no doubt. No, I mean, there was no doubt this time last week. There's certainly no doubt now. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, I hope, I hope Miller stays and can be the backup or one of the backups or a third team guy because you need you need guys in the room. You know, you don't need to look up and right. I mean, can, can we be real about that game though? Because I've been waiting to say this. That is why recruiting is so important. There, it has been said from people in Gainesville for the past two years that they're one through eleven on both sides. Is serviceable and competitive, but competitive. But boy, twelve isn't. Yeah, that's right. And when you see that game, and you take away a starting guard and a quarterback offensively, and it looks like that, you realize that their average guys aren't what they should be, and that's where recruiting comes in. It's not the five star. Yeah. It's that did you hit on the high three and low fours and then develop them, and they haven't done that before. Yeah. Now the quarterback and the offensive guard may. Might both go in the first round. That's but, that's but, right. But, but still, but I hear you. I, I'm not debating your point. But if Georgia or Alabama or Tennessee, uh, right. maybe not Tennessee. But I hear I your Tennessee point. Your, the same your way. point's a good point, though, yeah. and, I, and I don't disagree. There, there's no depth in the program. The uh, since we got to Florida, and you got to be careful because you got you work with those guys. I don't right. work with anybody, right? And I'm rooting for him. And I think Billy Napier, by all accounts, seems like a good dude. And and I think he, I told Hayes, I think he's going to get good players. Mm -hmm. Whether they get where they they get as many this year as you'd want. And whether he minds the portal as well as Norvell or the or the NL the, the NIL as well as Cristobal, I don't know. But I think he's in time. He's going to get good play. I think they got him there to get good players, and I think that's going to happen. They're, I don't doubt that at all. But I worry about the play calling, the plan, the the coaching, the game management. Do you do you at all? Yeah, I no, I do. I, I agree with you. Everything you just said. I think Napier is the right guy. I, I the only thing I'll judge in year one is culture. That's it. That's it. You got who you got. Um, the culture was, I thought, fine. I thought they played hard. We didn't yeah, see that with Mullen. They, they did. They I played agree. hard all year until the bowl game. 
But I do worry about the situational side of things. Uh, that we have seen enough to where, dude, it's third and one. You know, like yeah. what? What are we doing? What are we doing? Or I felt like even with Anthony playing, like we didn't lean on things that we leaned on earlier in the year that worked. It almost was like we're trying to redevelop something here later in the season. So I don't know if he just got away or if he knew his personnel and he saw something we didn't see, but it doesn't pass the eye test. I'll say that. It doesn't from a not yet. From a scheming guys open and from what we expect Florida football to be, it doesn't pass that eye test. Isn't it almost impossible to think that they're gonna somehow turn this into a nine and three next year when you look at that schedule? Prob I mean improbable. I wouldn't say impossible at all. I, I think They've got good guys in the backfield. I think they bring some things back at receiver position that hopefully improve, and they recruited well in that. The last thing I would do, the last thing I would do, and I know I'm going to contradict what I just said, I would not hire or fire a coordinator on either side because you're going to now you're going back to year one, right? Let's see what you have in year two. Yeah, that's a good point, right? And let's that's just see what this. If they go six and six again. They go six and six again. If the next year they go ten and two, is forgotten about. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought about that till you just said it. But if 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 you need a new play caller, you got time to do that. Right. You're not winning the national title next year. Right. And that's a really good point because you do go back to year one with a new you system, do. a new Start terminology, yep. and that's a really good point. All right, we'll take a break. One more segment with Denny after this. Stay with us. It's a Nimnik Tuesday on the Frangie Show. Nimnik, your friends in the car business since 1941. stars are brightly shining it is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Martina McBride has maybe one of the greatest voices in country music history I mean I really believe that history She's, we saw her Suzanne and I did and she can still let him fly now boy she's really really good country and Christmas just go perfect yeah they do, yeah, they do. Frank Frangi Hayes Carlion Dylan Denmark filling in for Andrew Gibson Denny Thompson here for a few minutes, more minutes talking quarterbacks. So I saw. Do you still you still work with Joey Gatewood? He's a receiver now. Yeah, he's a wide receiver, not a tight end. I saw. Now he's moving to tight end. Oh, he is. Yeah, no, he's I moving to tight end. He uh, he moved to receiver last year at UCF. Yeah, at UCF. And then enough scouts basically said, "Hey, put your hand in the dirt." Yeah. That he decided. Yeah. How I, big I is he? Go. Uh, Joey's probably six four two. Yeah, thirty. Yeah, yeah, probably right at it, but. Could easily get to 245, 250. Yeah, yeah. He was in yesterday catching, and I mean, he's everybody that's seen Joey knows he's an athlete, so yeah. I think he's going to do fine at it. He's got to figure out what his next move is. He's got a bunch of interest at tight end, yeah. so he's got to figure out, you know, what the best place for him is. You know where the world's going, Hayes, is the 6'3 and a half, 240 that can run. The guy, the, the guy the Titans found, Oquanco, who had been in Maryland. He's a great player. What a good-looking player he is, yeah, man. Great-looking prospect. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, I mean, he's, I mean, he. That's that's where it's going, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's Darren Waller, right? Yeah. Like you look at Darren Waller, and it's like I almost think he would be the, he would you would draw draw up. Yeah, <clears throat> right. He's not. He's also so tall. Yeah. He is tall. He yeah. is. Tall. He's like Mercedes Lewis, tall. Correct. But he, he's not the Mercedes Lewis like he, I expect a down block. Yeah. Yeah. You have to personnel for him, and I think that's you know that's the thing with Joey. If Joey can get somewhere and learn the position. You have to account for him, and and so I think you know. Hopefully, he's he in has the portal, right? Success, yeah. Do you know any ideas? Does he? Does he you don't have to tell us, but does now, he know I, where he's going? Yeah, I mean, I think he's got an idea. He graduated uh, last week, 
Okay, so good. So congrats to him for that. And then, Absolutely. So that opened up a lot of options for him. In terms of uh, portal quarterback news, uh, there's a report today that Devin Leary is going to go to Kentucky. What do you think about that fit? I, I like him, and I love Kentucky's offense coordinator who's back, Liam. Yeah, it was weird. We left for one year to the Rams and came back. It was a weird thing because, uh, you know, we know Liam pretty well, and we knew Rich, who they hired last year, pretty well. And they're very similar guys, so I don't, I'm not real sure, real sure why he's going back, but I love him as a developer. I just feel like Stoops has that, and I like Stoops as a coach, but Stoops has that must-champ feel to me where wherever he goes, they're going to be so good defensively and their emphasis is going to be on de- defense that the offensive coordinator is going to have a tough time. You know, I think about when Roper was here with Muschamp, and we all have seen those coaches, right? Even when Muschamp went other places as defense coordinator, they, their offense came down. There's just such an emphasis on defense and practice um, that it's, it's going to be hard to have a successful offense at Kentucky. What happens with Carson Beck now? He, uh, he's the backup through the, through when they go win another championship. And then I think Stetson Bennett, now at age 46, has probably played enough college football. Right. Um, in fact, he's probably drawn a pension. The uh, Carson go, I, I, goes to spring as the guy, right? right? I mean, right. I, I don't even think there's much debate about that, right? I mean, he's been the guy that comes into the game when they, when they mop up. I, I was, I'll be honest. I wasn't 100% bought in on that. Okay. Like, and, and, it's, and it's not anything to do with Georgia or Kirby. It's just the nature of the business is if you can get better, you go get better. Yeah. But when they didn't even sniff around at portal time, yeah. that's when it's like, okay, they, they're all in on Carson. And so I, I feel like he's in a fantastic situation heading into the spring. Yeah, he, he might be really good too. Huh? I hope so, yeah. yeah. This isn't uh, a portal question, but I'm curious, with Jordan Travis announcing that he's going to return, what are some things this offseason, what would be some uh, tips, anything that you would suggest to him in terms of how he can continue to elevate his game? I've actually talked with, with Tony Tokars, their quarterback coach, quite a bit about this. And um, there's a couple little things mechanically that I feel like he could really improve on, and not to get in the weeds, but he could improve his hips, kind of rotating into that front foot strike and being a little quicker with his hips. And and then the planes and platforms that he throws from, I think he could be a little more um, accurate with that, a little smoother with that, optically pleasing in some ways, right? He's just an aggressive football player right now. And so if you, if you don't want to do anything with that, you want to keep that, right? But can we just sand off some edges that maybe makes him a little bit more um, polished as a passer? And so we, we've kind of started that process at the coach level, and, and I think we'll get the opportunity to start that process full-time with Jordan here shortly. Can you improve arm strength? Obviously your mechanics can yeah. improve, and, and the, the, your velocity can – I know in baseball, in baseball you cannot – I don't think you can improve your arm strength. You can improve your velocity with mechanics. Is football the same way? Same. Yep, yep, yep. When somebody talks about a slow release yeah. um, or a not very powerful release, something that's leaking energy, it usually is starting at the bottom. It's usually the hips. Like, if you want a quicker arm, then you have to get quicker hips. You can't change what <clears throat> sequencing is. Sequencing is sequencing, and if hips have to fire first, right? So that's what I'm talking about with Jordan is you, you get to the point where you learn, okay, I can start my right hip rotation into front foot strike. That speeds everything up. That speeds your arm up. That, that gives you a little bit more whip and layback on your arm. So there's some technical things that you can do that improves your arm speed and your time to delivery. Um, arm strength is largely dictated by you know, how strong you are and how much whip right. you can get, how much layback you, you can get. I think there's still room for Jordan there, though. I think Jordan can still get another 10, 20% out of that arm. Does he have a good enough arm to play in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I, don't, 
I don't think his arm's any worse than the guys we talked about. You know, we're, we're looking at Brock Purdy right now, who's yeah, one of our guys. Yeah, good point. He's got his, just as strong of an arm. He's Very got as much point. moxie. And w- watching Brock Purdy and watching Jordan Travis, you can see a lot of the same guys. Yep. That's a good comparison. Yep. Does Brock comparison. Purdy have a chance to take this and run with it in San Francisco for a while? <clears throat> Man, I, I, if he keeps playing the way he is, I don't, I don't know what you do if you're San Francisco. Because I don't think there's any doubt they've got the talent to win a Super Bowl, especially if Debo's going to come back. It's always been their offense. It hasn't looked easy. But, man, it's looked easy the last three weeks with Brock. And, and I wouldn't have said that when him, with him going in, but he's a gamer. So, I don't know. When's Jimmy G supposed to come back? Like playoffs, right? Yeah, divisional round at best. I mean, that's an interesting conversation that you're going to have to have as a coaching staff because I, if Brock continues to play the way he is. And if he, and you, if he leads you to a deep run, he's cheap. It's the greatest thing in the NFL. It's a great starting quarterback. It, it, you're paying him nothing. It's just, are you willing to admit that you missed on the right. early pick? Right. Or are you willing to even – did they miss? We don't know. I mean, it looks like worst-case scenario, they have three really good guys in a room, and in the NFL level, that can be a problem in time. Very quickly, before we let you go, speaking of Brock Purdy, what about Chubba Purdy? He's at Nebraska, too. Um, what's his story? You know, I don't know. I've never worked with Chubba. Oh, you haven't? No. We worked with no, Brock, but not Chubba. Yeah, yeah we did all of Brock's draft prep, and I know Chubba's talking about coming down this offseason. Yeah. I know very little about him. Would it be awkward to work with Chubba and Jeff? No, we do it. Oh, you no, know, I, mean, I wonder how that works. Most schools that we work with, we have every quarterback in the room. And so for us, it's just how can we get them to as good as they can be? And if, if somebody behind them's yeah. better, then that's not on us. Any great work. Merry Christmas. Thank you. Merry Christmas Merry to you guys. Christmas. All, right. Yep. all right. Let's say hello to DMARF. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet. Keeping the sports world spinning with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, listen. You listen up over there. Here's what I got for you. You got a Boston Bruins shirt on? I do. Here's how much I know about hockey. Nothing, but the Bruins are like 85 and 0, aren't they? Aren't, aren't they <laughs> Basically, like? Basically, essentially. Aren't they, aren't, do you, do you, you don't follow the standings either, but I, I could – the Bruins are oh, like the, I don't miss the Bruins, <laughs> but aren't, I'm not kidding. Aren't they something like like I think uh, 25 and one or 35 and eight or Yankee V the exact I think they're like 47 really two and two. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They're they're like they have this like unreal they have record. Like four or five losses. That's yeah, it. They're, they're like they're like 35 and I mean that I don't know hockey, but that doesn't happen right. Yeah, hockey does it? Does it? Um, it happens to us spoiled kids up in Boston. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. No, I, yeah, you're, I guess you're right. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I thought I'm looking at I'm thinking. Donna and, and, and Ballou and, and Blaylock used to be – all these people that are these Bruins fans, I don't pay attention. But I, I don't remember looking at standings and seeing somebody that's like 29 and 4 and yep. 1 before, 29 and 4 yep. and 2. And it's, so, so Me and go. Ricky are very happy. Yeah. yeah we I, are. I get you. So there you go. It's, ha- it's happy time since, you so. know, the Patriots are poo. Were you watching that game live when that happened, that lateral? That, uh, no, and I'm okay. very happy I wasn't. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I was at the stadium um, – uh, training, I guess, yeah. overseeing in yeah. Jag- uh, Jaguars post game. So, yeah. um, laughing, just go. going, oh, what so. was that? But we're overjoyed. That's well, what we were overjoyed. You know the difference between you and me? What's that? That uh, on the Gator Bowl, Donna's going to be. I'm going to do the play by play. Donna's going to produce it for me. So Donna and I are hanging out, and you're not getting to do it. Well, then you are better than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got. 
all I got. That's only the one time. That's only the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's true. Not yeah. many times. Yeah, she's told me that she likes you more than me, but for those three hours, I get her. You yeah, don't better though. than me. You know how I introduce him? You know, in the yeah. hallway all the time. Yeah. It's Frank Frangle, everybody. Yeah, yeah. I so, do not let him live. Yeah, that day. there was one broadcaster that said that one. Hey, let's go to the play-by-play voice of the Jags, Frank Frangle, and Donna has <laughs> locked in. Okay, and that is who I've become to Donna. That's exactly right. All right, what's coming up tonight? What are we doing? A celebration. It. It is allowed to be Victory Tuesday. Yes, you know, helmets yes, and heels yes, don't yes. get to talk about the victory until Tuesday. So it's Victory Tuesday for us. So, I mean, a whole hour, that's what we're going to zone in on is just the Jags. Yeah. So we're stoked. We're going to talk all about it. Um, and then I want to get Lauren's take on um, bowl season. Has it begun? Yeah. You know, does it really begin until now? I don't know. Um, I mean, I know Marshall won yesterday, so there's that. That counts. Um, you know. Be sure to ask her how the Gators did. I will. I'll, yeah, I'll ask very, her how, how the Gators went. She, like us, is very excited about that. <laughs> we, we, we all kind of have that in common. You know, I did ask you how, uh, you know, I liked Rick's take yesterday on yeah. when does the World Cup begin? Yeah, that was yeah. hilarious. That, that was enjoyable. <laughs> that was um, but, you know, and I'll make my announcement that I'll be signing off for a little bit. So no, okay. and, and taking a little break, but that's about you know. So there's that, but we'll have fun. And no Taylor, she's taking the night I off. Know, it's her birthday. You know, it's her birthday, so she right. deserves it. So that's right. good. All right, well, great. Uh, we're ha- Merry Christmas. Yes, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. All right, that's just about gonna do it for our show. Hayes, have a great Christmas. I'll say you the too. same thing. Have to, a great to trip. We have had a. This is my last day before Christmas. I'll have one day after Christmas. But we appreciate our listeners. I, I use this is the day to say that. Um, it's our last show before Christmas. We have the best listeners around. We have the best radio station around. We have the best bosses. We have the best coworkers. And we're very fortunate to have all this. And I mean that. It sounds corny. And this year, the added bonus is the fantastic season that the uh, Jaguars have had. And, it, and they're having. And it's a, we can, uh, can't tell you how much we enjoy this. It's a great, great year. Have a great uh, Christmas, everybody, or a great holiday. Um, this is my favorite Christmas song. I love Alabama. I love this song. Uh, Hayes and Lauren will have it for you the rest of the week. We'll be back in next week. Merry Christmas, everybody. See you next time. By now in New York City There's snow on the ground And out in California The sunshine's falling down Maybe down in Memphis Graceland's all in lights And in Atlanta, Georgia There's peace on earth tonight Christmas in Dixie It's snowing in the pine Christmas from Dixie to everyone It's windy in Chicago.